This week in league, dial triple O fast as someone's robbed the Sharks of their dignity. Paul Gallen shows Peter Sharp who the real alpha Ibis is at the tip. If Blatchy's Blues is worth 700 grand, what the fuck is Twill Nation worth? I'd like to find out. And we preview all of the action for round 16 of the 2014 NRL season. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 160 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Okay, uh, firstly, shout out to Bruiser. Yes. Give us a detail. Six years, six years today since uh, the big magpie in the sky left us and uh, we're celebrating with a, uh, well, I say celebrating, marking the occasion uh, as painful as it is and not, not because my old man died six years ago but because I don't drink beer and I'm marking the occasion with a two years old. <laughs> Which was his I've offered uh, you some lemonade preferred ale of choice. You, you can turn it into a shandy if it makes it easy. Ah, he would fluff his ashes. <laughs> <laughs> more if so, I made more. a shandy with two years old, oh, he would strike me down, the great man. Um, so, yeah, here's to Bruiser. Oh, that's fucking terrible. Ah, multi. I'll do it on my drop. I'll be real. But um, it's beer. I drink beer. It's all good. Beer's beer. Unless it's BB and it's like a camel piss. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but no, that'll, that's going to that's gonna fucking go down nicely, actually. Staking three veg in every bottle. It's funny, you just get a taste and you're like going, yeah, all right. Yeah, I see. I, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down beer. <laughs> There's another four there. And, and then I'll just probably stop at this one because I do have to drive home. You can't stop at one beer, <laughs> you want another beer. <laughs> oh, that was a tangential reference there that you don't <laughs> get. That was Bruce's philosophy, Nathan. Excellent. Well, I would... If I can have one, I can have ten. If I can have ten, I can have twenty. And if I can have twenty, I can drive home. <laughs> I saw so, something on the radio. Uh, no, it was on. It was on Facebook. We're like on the grill team, where they're talking about people drink driving. Like, have you have you you know done much drink driving? And what's possesses you to do it? And all this sort of thing. And some fucking guy rings up, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I've been drink driving for twelve years." And they go, "What?" <laughs> and they're kind of like, you know, and they're because you know they're kind of like matey, you know, mate, that sort of thing. And they're like. They're being nice to this fucking idiot, and, and this guy's going, oh, you know, it's just a fucking pain, you know, you got to get a cab home, you got to go back the next day and get your car again, and it, it, this is his, you know, justifications, and <laughs> just... it got to the end of it, and they're just like, you can't, you can't, you can't do that, you know, and he's like, I reckon I'm a better driver when I'm drunk. Oh, and he's like, you fucking idiot. And he's like, yeah, just one person could, you know, just sort of step out and you don't know, expect it, and you, if you, you knock him over, and then you're going to jail, mate. As simple as that, you're going to jail, and he's just like, oh, "Yeah, I know," you know. And Maddie at the end goes, Fuck "Look, people are idiots." Oh, he said he's telling some story at the end where he's like, "Look, I'm um, a doctor. I think he was a club doctor. It must have been at the Knights or the Sharks when he was playing." And he he said that, uh, you know, look, I've known I've known people, a lot of people that drunk, you know, drink driving, you know, like the, the lawyers, you know, fucking no hopers, you know, whatever. But they've all got one thing in common: <laughs> when they get out of jail, they go straight to get a blood test. <laughs> And he's going to say, you don't want to be, you don't want to be like, you don't want to be that guy. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, so basically you're going to get, you're going to get fucked up the ass <laughs> or something. <laughs> Is a few beers worth getting AIDS for? <laughs> no. I no. ask you, Nathan. Fam, I'm glad you answered because I was, Honestly, I thought you were deliberating over that answer. Look, I was weighing it up and I was thinking a few beers, you know, 12 beers. No, 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 I don't think so. Okay. 
Good to hear. Ask Magic. Anyway, let's not crap on too much at the start of the show because people fucking rag on us for it. Yeah, we're still doing oh, that. Though, this week in Surgeons, you want to do the fuck yeah. up? It's our show, and we'll crap on as much as do you we want. Like. Do, you want to do your, your your other shout outs now before we hit into the feedbacks? Yeah, let's do those. Um, <clears throat> my sister went to have lunch with a friend that she hadn't seen in a long while, and uh, her friend proceeded to regale her with uh, stories of how her husband, how much her husband loves the show, and how pissed <laughs> off he would be that he wasn't there said lunch to uh, tell my sister how famous her brother is. <laughs> and quite frankly, I was also pissed off that this this kind gentleman wasn't also at the lunch because that would have been one of the most painful experiences for my sister <laughs> to have someone sit there and go, my, your husband, your your husband, your brother's famous. My husband loves his show. And oh, great. <laughs> I was like, that is just the look on her and was, face. Was, and he, was he at the lunch as well? Or no, he didn't make it. Stuff? And okay. he was going to be pissed off apparently that he wasn't there. So uh, Wayne Sawyer, big shout out to you, my brother. And um, next time when your wife says she's going to lunch with Leanne, maybe just, you know, slip along. Maybe, you know, ask her if she's got any signed photos of me in a handbag. I'll make sure she carries them from now on. And uh, thank you for uh, always supporting the show. We, we we really appreciate it. Awesome. And Katie as well. Katie for, um, in Wayne's absence, talking me up and talking the show up. Because the look, the, I know the look my sister would have had on her face and it would have been like, Dead set, like just fuck. <laughs> Where is the on rock? A chalkboard for her. I love it. <laughs> and um, look, I want to tell another little story about a, a competition within the competition, not the NRL, um, not New South Wales Cup, no, not even really a relevant competition. But look, the Tim McIntyre Cup. Tim, Tim, Tim. I don't know what they drink out of the Tim McIntyre Cup, but I'm pretty sure it's saliva. Um, Look, Tim McIntyre, good friend of the show, great supporter, bought me a, a singlet from Bali that says, I'm not gay, but 20 bucks is 20 bucks, and I think that sums up my life, really. Um, the Tim McIntyre Cup came about by uh, by way of Tim being arsehole from Blacktown Workers Football Club uh, after round one. Clearly, he was shit. He hasn't put that in the little story that he's given me because he wasn't good enough to play for Blacktown Workers, which is, which is a glorious club in, in Blacktown. Um, and he's he's been given the tap on the shoulder after one game, and he's made his way over to Mounties, who were clearly short on fucking players with two arms and two legs. Um, Tim's been given a run at Mounties, and now that now whenever they play workers, it's they're playing for the Tim McIntyre Cup, they're much right. like the Tim Maltzen Cup. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Except, Only... except he didn't renege on a deal. He wasn't given a choice in the matter. <laughs> no, that's true. There was no deal to renege <laughs> yeah, on yeah. because it was torn up in front of his very eyes. So uh, this weekend, on Saturday at 1.15pm at Aubrey Keach Reserve, the uh, the fierce battle to take out the Tim McIntyre Cup for 2014 will be played out um, in front of a capacity house of about 14 people. And uh, Tim plus, McIntyre... Plus, plus, you know, staff, trainers, water boys, touchies. Well, yeah. 20, 26, 50, 26 50 to 20, 29 people probably. Gotcha. Um, look, good luck, Timmy. Appreciate your support of the show. And But uh, if you're in the vicinity of there, and, yeah, go down head, and just... Head just, down? Just, just, just yell out. Just yell out, Timmy. Or, <laughs> just yell out. Fucking have a go, McIntyre, to the bloke that's standing yeah. on the wing, fucking Dave Taylor style, and dropping the ball whenever it comes his way. <laughs> or, you know, get, get, get out your wallet. <laughs> go, 
Hey, Tim, here's 20 bucks. <laughs> what do you got for me? He'd be like, well, sorry, boys. Forgot to tell you why I got sacked from Blacktown Workers. <laughs> Open up and say, ah. <laughs> All right. He asked me to mention it on the show. I'm not sure that's what he had in mind, but that's what he's getting. <laughs> All right. So... The feedback on uh, on Twitter and uh, Jake underscore Harper sent us one. Yeah, this was this afternoon. The sad news that Blake Ageford has been dropped. Punters everywhere blowing up. And I said, now I've got to go and break it to the kids that we're not going on that holiday to Disneyland. <laughs> because uh, let me tell you that it has been a lucrative thing. And uh, I believe it was, uh, it was Hayden, Tall Hayden. He was the first one that kind of uh, cracked open the, the, the Tim. The, sorry, the Tim. I'll say multi. Blake Ageford mystery. This week. Yeah, yeah, he's he's definitely not going to eat. Uh, he's only been able to afford to put fifty cents a week on, and, yeah. and it's been enough. To, it's been returning enough to for him to put some baked beans in his belly, and now rims on he's his rims on his fucking spinners on yeah. his fucking spinners. and sunny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, new listener, well, maybe not a new listener, but a new listener who's appeared on Twitter, Long Johnson eighty, <laughs> presumably not in relation to his small penis. Teeny, tiny, minuscule, even smaller than mine, penis. At the time of this tweet, he had he was following eight accounts. Yeah, we were the first. Us. One. Yeah. Plus, like in New South Wales rugby league and you know shit like that, NRL that kind of thing. Zero followers. And you'll one understand tweet. why. One tweet. One tweet. Got on Twitter. He was still an egg. He's probably still an egg. He was an egg. Whether he's got a profile pic or not, counts an egg. First tweet. Love how you don't, you both don't hide from your lack of in-depth knowledge and how your biased opinions usually outweigh the few actual facts you produce. I didn't know how to respond to that, so I thought I'd leave it up to you, and you didn't disappoint. Oh, I didn't, I didn't like go, you know, go hard because mm-hmm. you know, we'll just, we'll just, you know, see Last time someone went hard at me, Nathan, mm. you had to step in between me and that ghost storm fuckwit. Yeah, and and that was some fucking fun ass shit too. That was that was that was one of the best days on Twitter ever. I was having a bad day that day, and I was yeah. taking shit from no one on Twitter. But and that was and you know and that, that was funny. I remember. I mean, like I was condescending as all fuck to start off, but I was yeah. kind of like trying, like as if I was trying to keep the peace. But then you know, goes Dawn decided you know wanted to take both of us on, and they got fuck you know one of us is too much for anyone. <laughs> Two of us. <laughs> Disconnect your fucking it's a account, storm. Yeah, exactly. You got to do a shark man and fucking Twitter suicide. All right. Anyway, back to this Long Johnson fuckhead. Yeah. So he's 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 he's, uh, he's got on Twitter to tweet with us. So be nice to him. Well, he doesn't what, know what he's talking really? about. Really? It's be nice to him. Well, not saying no. He's, well, he's taken saying... four minutes out of his fucking day. <laughs> four minutes out of his day, where he's probably <clears throat> mugged someone for a laptop. Sat out the in the gutter out the front of a Starbucks so he can mm-hmm. get some free Wi-Fi. Yep. <clears throat> shortly before crawling back into his cardboard box to fucking tweet us about how little we know. Mm. Give me a fucking break. Long Johnson eighty. If you'd like to follow him, loyal listeners of the show. Look at the end of the day. Anytime <laughs> you want to start up a <laughs> you want to start up a podcast called This Week in Long Johnson. Which would feature some fucking vegetables by the sound of it. Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd gladly listen, and I wouldn't tweet you and, and bag you. I'd support you because that's the kind of person I am. And also, why didn't you just? Why didn't if you're going to start up a Twitter account after all this time? Why I'm pretty sure Andos Twenty wasn't claimed. So why do you have to go down another route and make up another fucking name? <laughs> you know, fear does strange uh, things to uh, people, mate. Unky D. Oh, speaking of fear. Summary of the week: Hash one in a row, New South Wales. 
Hash, three in a row, Duck Eats for the Sharks. Hash, six in a row, losses for Titans. Hash, infinity in a row, manly brilliant. <laughs> oh, fucking, you've done it again, Unky D. Panthers. I mean, again. Panthers. He's never done it before. Yeah, because he did that other, that one thing. What was that one thing? I've forgotten it already. Oh, I know. Oh, the Gandalf oh. thing. Yeah, yeah. So he's the, was the, that him? Yeah. I thought you came out with no, that. No, no, no. Fucking, it was oh, Reddy's Twitter. Oh, get my fucking idiots mixed up. You and this fucking Valente cockhead. Always <laughs> get you mixed up. That's fine. I'll just, while we're on the subject of uh, the exotic dentist Valente, aka Unky D, he's having lunch with a... An old friend today, and, oh, uh, and, he, and he, dead. Oh, I don't know if I can finish his study. <laughs> and, he, and he listens, to, and this this friend, he listens to the show, and he's pretty, he's a pretty quiet, sort of, you know, mild mannered dude. So, <laughs> you know, he's, he's like, oh, I really enjoyed the show. Anyway, long story short, first thing out of his mouth after we started talking about the show was, so how's that Dennis Valente guy going? <laughs> I was like. Well, you know, I mean, he's, hey, it's, it's he's, our show, motherfucker. He's, he's still got HIV AIDS. I mean, you know, nothing changed there. I mean, they haven't found a cure yet, as far as I know. Yeah. But no, seriously, like he's uh, the Magic Johnson of this week in league. Back from those, back from the, uh, you know, back in those days when when Dennis Valente would would uh, contact us via Facebook before he joined Twitter and became Guantanamo Hogan. Um, yeah, obviously we used to say his name a lot, and uh, that's trapped in the minds of uh, one listener. <laughs> so, uh, congratulations. Dennis. Ah, he's peaked. Unky D, you, you, are, you are fucking killing it. He's um, peaked. He's got one fan. Got a tweet from someone, Panthers AU, P-A-N-F-A-S-A-U, must have just caught onto the show. I'm a Mitchell and a Penrith nerd. Just what you need more of. Fuck Hash it, target Jesus audience, Christ. hash new listener, hash Penrith nerd. So this thing, this shit's taken off. I mean, maybe you can make some Penrith nerd shirts for these nerds. I'm not one to encourage people to kill themselves. There's about four, there's about I'm not going to discourage it. And, uh, and then he's come in and got another tweet straight after that said, I should mention I'm a Simpsons addict too. Hash, oh, hash trifecta. Hash trifecta. Hash Jesus Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's sensational. So, wel- welcome, Mitch. I oh, mean. welcome to the welcome to the fucking lofty heights of Ninja and the Perm. Oh yeah, but then he's also got the you know, the, the the ever expanding fucking family of Mitches. Was <laughs> it just got... a lot of bored parents there for a while? What are you going to call our? F- oh, these we... these guys need to give us a, give well, us a give us basically a roll call and say how old they are because then we can check the records and see like if Mitch was the number one name in Australia. You know, if a baby's born that year. He's 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 only got eight fingers and his penis points strangely to the left. What are we going to call him, Mitchell? It's what everyone else is doing. <laughs> Interesting. No many this Mitches. One's born without an ass and just spews shit out his mouth, Mitchell. <laughs> Well, I should take care of the Mitchells in the show. It's been wonderful having you on, guys. <laughs> See you in the next life. Um, I haven't even started on Ninja and the Perm yet. The, the Ben Z. In pleasing trolling news, Chapo and I now follow each other. Oh, wow. Because, I mean, that, you know, this goes to show that, you know, problems such as, you know, the, the Israel... Palestinian issue. Oh, fucking hell. Macedonians and the Greeks and like all these sorts of situations. Blakely's and Gearless's. <laughs> fucking Queensland. Eternal enemies. Queensland, New South Wales, all this, you know, Storm versus Manly fans. These, everyone versus Manly fans. Um, these things, these problems are not insurmountable because in, in a peaceful fashion. This is going to cause Twitter Chernobyl here, surely. <laughs> Can you just imagine this Ben Z fuckhead with you know, two and a half beers under his belt and Chapo on a sugar high after consuming 45 Krispy Kremes. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking topical. You've been reading your Twitter today. <laughs> Just uh, 
you can imagine they're going to go at it and we're all going to be poorer for the experience. Because Ben, bless him, he does like to get battle crazy when he gets some fucking piss into him. Yeah. Good. He's, he goes straight to, he goes, he goes straight, straight <laughs> you to Imagine fight. him going, that's it, Chapo, let's go out to the car park, as he's, as he's known to do. Chapo be like, Chapo be like, is there a kebab stand out there? <laughs> I'll gladly go in the car park. Mr. Green? I'm Mr. Green car park. <laughs> but look, you know. Before you kick my ass, because you, you do earn a lot of money, and you are very intelligent, and you do like to fight in the car park, can I just finish my kebab? When it comes down to South, South fans, though, wanting to fight people in the car park, I think Ben should, uh, should consider changing his Twitter handle to comply with the standard one and change his Twitter handle to Ben Tweets Good. <laughs> or Car Park World Champion. Yeah, Car Park World yeah. that's, that's a little bit of a Twitter joke there for the Twitter people. I don't know what I'm talking about. JR underscore Buff. I second Nate's revelation prediction. Got my vote already. She's going to win. Fucking... I love from the Panthers cheerleaders. Oh... I'm pretty sure she's going to win. I'm pretty sure she's going to win Revelation. I'll present her award too. <laughs> that took up 14 seconds of my week last week, let me tell you. <laughs> Best 14 seconds of your week, no doubt about it. Lucky uh, D's come back and said, Sorry boys, can't do a Twitter episode review. I'm having trouble sleeping after hearing of Glenn's naked cousin family gatherings. Everyone's got them. <laughs> Everyone's got Appar- them. Apparently not. <laughs> really? <laughs> apparently not. They only do it out of the air's way. <laughs> I mean... I'm pretty sure Maybe I am available as well. pants, Nathan. <laughs> Don't hate. Okay, and uh, Bernard JKD, the only person to actually address the, uh, <laughs> the 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 question last week. Match rage. 96 Cricket World Cup semi when Australia came from nowhere to beat the West Indies. I kicked a potted plant in my sitting room to death. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> uh, I didn't do, didn't do myself an injury on Wednesday night. You did? I didn't, no. Oh. Uh, I was like, I, I was, you know, replicating that Marky Mark. <laughs> but, you know, it was like fucking Gil Grissom came up and said I couldn't see his daughter anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, I would have thought you would have needed a couple of skin grafts on your penis, though. <laughs> I had a fucking massive headache though. That was the thing oh, I remember. I thought you were going to go like really personal then and say, "Oh no, I did knock the top off one afterwards." Oh, yeah, that, that picture, that, that picture of Stan Marsh, that, <laughs> that, that meme was it. That was there. Yeah, I was pretty much that. Oh god. <laughs> um, Saguna on Facebook. Saguna. Good evening, fellas. He's very active on he's, Facebook. He's, he's, he throws up pictures and like memes and stuff yeah, every every weekend. He's he's uh, he's taken over the mantle of the number one Facebook guy from uh, really the exotic does. Dennis Valente, who's since migrated to Twitter, and you know. And made complete cunt of himself and should migrate the fuck back to Facebook. You know, Nate, I believe what I'm going to say next is probably one of the greatest stories you'll ever hear. And I'll have you reaching for the lubricant socks this time around. Oh, wow. Look, I'm, I've got to say, when you start something like that, you'd want to make it a fucking amazing story because... Because there's been a lot of stuff that he's reached for the lubricant mate, socks for. Mate, it's, 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 it's very difficult for me to be bothered... To go for the lubricant. I mean, nine times out of ten, I'm going in dry. Oh, like. wow. <laughs> Tonight as I was driving... Sorry, before you start, do you remember that episode of Smodcast when Kevin Smith talks about the time where he jerked off into his fleshlight and left it on the fucking shelf? Yes. And the ants came in from outside. Oh, why is, what's that trail of ants over there on the wall, mate? <laughs> Is that from Wednesday night? <sighs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> gotcha. Tonight, as I was driving home listening to your podcast, I'd stopped at a set of lights. 
on my right, this black hole in Rodeo had pulled up. Nothing unusual yet. As the lane next to me was a right turn only, the arrow for what had changed green and the way the cars the arrow for that had changed green and the way the cars went. As the car drove past, I noticed something at the back of the vehicle which, which was just too painful to see. A shitload of manly stickers on the back window with wait for it, a manly license plate reading forty zero. 40-ZERO. I was speechless. For a second, I thought it was Nate driving through the streets of Western Sydney. This mystery manly supporter could be a listener of the show. It could have even been Des Hasler driving his pride possession around. <laughs> Nate, I believe you you owe this... I, I, he's, this last sentence is fucked up, so I'm going to say how what I think he means. Nate, I believe you owe this person a shout-out for his great work. Well, if you are a listener of the show... Identify yourself, because this is a fucking sweet sweet license plate. I've seen there's a... There's there a must Marone. be a few... There's a Maroon Falcon um, uh, down the Gold Coast. Uh, oh, this is years ago um, that I saw that uh, that had license plate 40 nil like NIL, um, okay. and it had you know, manly stickers and whatnot all around it. Um, but yeah, I mean you get the you get the, the, there's been some people listening to the show and fucking top of my head it escapes me who they are, who've got you know like because in New South Wales you can get those personalised plates with the, the club stuff on it. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. You can get those here too. Now, now, now you can. Back in the day, maybe not. Yeah, back in the day, you couldn't know. Yeah, um, I remember back in like the rugby league weeks. Now you used to be, able to, you know, like the whatever fucking bank in New South Wales that we didn't have at the time was, uh, you know, you get like credit cards with your team on it and stuff like that. I remember when I was a kid reading like the big league or the rugby league week or whatever they had, and I was like, oh fuck, I wish I was old enough to have a credit card. <laughs> totally get a manly credit card. <laughs> Email, Gavin Rennick sent us an email with an article um, it was the, the article it was on like the telly or something and it was saying that the Knights are up shit creek at the moment but there's light at the end of the tunnel and they should have hope and there was a bunch of like dot points point number six that Gavin alerted me to is entitled The Great Junior Nursery two years ago no one outside the Knights inner circle had heard of Jake Mamo or Joseph Tapine and Sione Matty Utia was just the youngest of four brothers at the club. Now they are three budding stars who the club will build its future around alongside more established players like Jared Mullen, Corbin Sims, Akawili Uate, Dan Gay Guy, Joey Leilua and Adam Clydesdale. I predict Jake Mamo is going to be in jail within the next three years. <laughs> right. <laughs> you'll get to that in a minute. Dig a little deeper and you'll find outstanding young kids like 17-year-old halfback Jack Cogger, son of former West Magpie Trevor. And five eighth Brock Lamb, while five of the clubs Harold Gold Matthews quite blah blah blah. Haven't dropped yet. Haven't dropped yet, but I mean he's pretty much made of out of fucking you know solid gold. Solid. Because he came he, he came forth from Particularly the gold. Particularly his testicles. Well, he came forth from the gold testicles though, so you got. Well, you, true. Oh fuck, he got you got me in a conundrum there. He was forged in the Cogger Mint. <laughs> wow. So yeah. He is. He's Looks like he's going to rock gold. He's going to rock through to New to Newcastle unless uh, someone has something to say We've about got it. Got to get Cogger on this fucking show. Yeah, but we need no. We need to get Cogger to a fucking meet up down there. Oh, in person, on the fucking piss. <laughs> you'd be like, stop touching me, mate. <laughs> Just stop touching my hair. And you're like, you're like a prospector hat and a little fucking big axe going. I just need to see if they're gold. <laughs> <laughs> chink, chink, chink. He'd be like, fucking look here. Clearly they're gold. They call me golden testicles because they're not gold. Yep. Yep. Yeah, uh, membership. Jack Cogger, future superstar. I can't believe the uh, the Magpies budding nursery let him slip through their fingers into the West Tigers development squad. Mm. Very disappointing. Okay, so membership. 
It was to be one sort of an update, but now there's an addendum to the update as of tonight. That's funny because I, I wish you had mentioned this to me earlier because I really didn't know. Um, most of you, in fact, many, many, many of you will uh, will be seeing your packs. You know, probably start to touch down. You know, Friday, end of the week, yeah, or yeah, you know, Monday, yeah, you know, that sort of thing. But. They're literally, we could actually, we could probably put a picture up on Facebook or something. But yeah, we should, just to prove this, that we've done something. There's moving boxes full of fucking parcel post mm. prepaid bags. Nathan spent that much time packing parcel posts that the rest of the moving boxes he's had to pack, pack his rest of his worldly belongings into because he spent so much time doing that he hasn't been able to work, which means he hasn't been able to pay his fucking mortgage. Exactly. So you're welcome, cunts. Exactly. But then... Uh, Way back when the shirts first arrived, Glenn, Glenn took a batch of XLs with him, you know, because he did wear an XL shirt. Tonight you come in and you're saying, um, yeah, this XL, this is like a 4XL. The, the issue was on uh, Nathan's Respect the Shooter shirts, which is uh, respecttheshooter.com. Well, go, but going back even further than that, if uh, like Tigers in Decline, issue we had yeah. was that people found the shirts too small uh, starting at, at XL. And yeah. going up to like, you know, whatever XL we got. Like I we found up. with the Respect the Shooter shirt, I tried on a large yeah. and it was a condom full of walnuts. I thought probably pretty, need to go a size bigger. Look pretty hot. I mean, I was... I, I didn't was, know what. I, I mean, was prepared the jacket. But. If I was in front of a mirror, I probably would have sprouted a, a, a really, really small erection. No one would have noticed, but... I was going to put that shit on grinder. Uh, I don't that know sexy? what that is. It's like, you know, Tinder thing for, is that where like, the for bears gay go? people. Yeah, it's where yeah. the bears go. Okay. Where the wild things are. I can. Um... <laughs> Um, anyway, I thought I'd better go up a size. Grab the next cell. Mm-hmm. Much better. Beautiful. Probably, I'm, I think I'm in between sizes, Nathan. I think it's probably yeah. XL slightly too big. Large is definitely too small. Anyway, so well, so anyway, so after, so, so after this, so after the the the, the tigers in the climb, they're like, we need to make these sizes. So what I basically painstakingly did was was go through all major manufacturers of t-shirts that put their their measurements online and created. A custom sizing for XL up to like you know five, six, seven XL that reflects what well, I mean. Most sizes only go up to three XL, and some go up to five. So basically, created like a custom thing that's kind of the average of those. And if we're going to like err on the side of anything, make them a little bit bigger rather than smaller. So that was great, and and uh, and the first batch of shirts under that plan went fine. The issue with it is though, is that the the manufacturer goes on some weird fucking European sizing chart where the shirts don't incrementally get that much bigger from XL up. And so that's where we're finding, you know, there wasn't a lot of difference between them. So so with my with mapping my custom sizing across to theirs, it's like their XL is more like their sort of 4XL. And then it goes up like 2XL is like their 7. And, you know, it varies. So what I think they've done is for a selection of XLs, which I think is only going to affect about 15 listeners, touch wood. Hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I need basically need them to uh, reprint those ones and send them down. Now, at the moment, I uh, have an order. I have the, the, the one-in-a-row shirts ordered. That, that's, that's started production. So, you know, ideally what's going to happen is they can fucking get them done at the same time as that pack them in the same package as that so I don't have to pay any more shipping or anything and they can, you know, send it to me in that. So, 
that's the plan. But if you order an XL, you may find a delay. And we've kind of debated about what we're going to do. You know, what we do? Do we send the the, uh, the XLs anyway? And if they if they do turn out to be of the fucked up fucked up larger yeah. ones, honestly, if you if you size if you size in an XL, they, you know these are fucking tense, man. Like yeah, they're fucking big. They're big. Like, they're swam big shirts. Yeah. So, so that's yeah. So, I'd, I'd rather rather than send the four XLs. So every other size, if you if you, I think what size did we start? Do we start extra smalls? I think we did extra smalls or just smalls. Whatever we started at, all the way up to five XL, you're all good with the exception of a portion of XLs. So we'll get those replaced and we'll get the right you know, accurate sizing and we'll get those sent down and it'll be all good. But it may take a little bit longer for you guys. Um, and I guess do we send the rest of the stuff out first and then to send the shirt out after? Excellent question. I reckon we, we just. I reckon we just send the rest of the stuff first. So yeah. you get your other stuff, but the shirt might take uh, another couple of weeks. Yep. Yep. Good. I like the way you think. News and the first story: Sharks are in officially, if they weren't before, in crisis. And oh, crisis. Paul Thank Gallen. You, Paul Gallen. The uh, yeah, there was a little shout out to the Mitches out there who make who do comprise one fifth of our audience. You know, there's over a thousand Mitches out there. <laughs> and, um, Paul Gallant's called on Cronulla to consider bringing in a new coach for the remainder of the season after the Sharks skipper admitted players were not giving one hundred percent for Peter Sharp. The fuck! This is this is article. We're going to have our say, and no doubt it's going to be pretty fiery. Cronulla captured an unwanted piece of rugby league history on Saturday night when they became the first NRL team to register three consecutive defeats without scoring a point. I, I honestly would like to put an asterisk on that because I'm fucking sure. Yeah. I remember yeah. Western Suburbs going a month without scoring a point. In the, like the the ninety nine season or no, it was like early nineties. Like it might have been. Okay. This says NRL team, oh, so, that's a, yeah. so that's oh, look, the asterisk was, could be you know fuck it could have been late eighties. So you know there yeah. was a lot of fucking lean years in there. Yeah. But, um, and I'm sure that Footy Facts or DJ X Plane or some other fucking nerd is going to come up and go, "You fuck with that never even happened." For some reason, it's in my head. Like a goal though, like you know. Not scoring a point is different being flogged to nil, yeah, to two, guess, to yeah, four, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you yeah, know, to not many, Fuck you know. It's so, a long time ago, I'm not all being Nathan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Sharp was forced to take over this season after Shane Flanagan was suspended by the NRL in the wake of the 2011 Supplements Program. Uh, Sharp has said all along he doesn't want the top job, and Gallen conceded that attitude was rubbing off on the players. While Gallen said he sympathised with Sharp, he added he would support any move that would help the last place team avoid the dreaded wooden spoon. I don't want to sit here and bag Sharpie, but Sharpie's just been thrown into deep end. He came out day one and said he didn't want the job. To me, players are like school kids. If you can get away with a little bit, you're going to get away with it. If you know you can turn up Monday and the coach isn't going to rouse on you for not having a good game, I don't I don't think you're going to put 100% in and I think that's been the problem throughout the whole year I don't think the players have been putting in 100% because they're under the impression that Sharpie isn't putting in 100% I just think we lack direction we had a lot of injuries and when you get stuck in that rut it's really really hard to get out of it on one hand I'd like to congratulate Paul Gallen on his honesty yeah on the other I think he's he's probably not being honest with himself and 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 his teammates and saying that 
you would know as a fan if a player, and I was talking to a Sharks fan about this today, you would know if, you, if your team was going out there and they were putting in 100% and following a game plan to the letter of the law and getting pumped, mm-hmm. then you'd say, coach isn't having a crack. Mm-hmm. But the players, because they're fucking professionals, Paul Gallen, of all people, mm-hmm. and there's some players got paid well overs in that club. Yeah. Ex-Tigers. Exactly. To, to a man. That's right. <laughs> they're going out there and they're not putting in because the coach isn't putting in. They don't give two fucks about their fans, their members that have had their fucking season tick price, ticket prices hiked through the roof based on all the success the Sharks have had recently. Get fucked. Mm-hmm. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that the price of a family membership went up 100 bucks at the Sharks. Yeesh. What okay. the fuck justification is that? Almost anyway, every other club created either more value or less cost for, for, exactly for right. memberships this year. So, how many of those members paid that extra money because they love their club? They go out there in the fucking cold of winter to mm-hmm. a shit ground mm-hmm. and watch a fucking perennially shit team or unsuccessful team. Put a cherry on top of their shit history. Exactly. And, and the players aren't having to go because of the coach. Well... Fuck you, you professionals. You're being paid. You're, you're being paid well overs in some cases. You're being paid money to play a sport that you love, apparently. Get out there and have a fucking go. And if you were putting in 100%, and like I said, playing to the game plan that the coach has set down and getting pumped, then you could say, you know what, the coach isn't having a crack. Mm-hmm. Until you see evidence of that, I reckon you should just put your fucking heads down and have a go. Peter Sharp ain't the one putting my kids through fucking university with, you know, try any time and first try score of bets. <laughs> <laughs> exactly Peter Sharp. Right. He ain't the one arm tackling Steve Matai fucking five metres out from the try line. Just, just, I find it really hard to stomach. Oh, this is incredibly unprofessional. Um, and like Gallon, let's face it, you can never question that dude's uh, effort and, and he's, and, uh, yeah, he's putting in, if he's not putting in 100%, Jesus Christ, I'd like to see fucking 100% Paul Gallon. That's exactly right. And, and I don't dispute that that he is putting in 100%. But how about the games where, oh, yeah, I'm not quite right. I'm going to can't, this one out, can't yeah. play for the Sharks. The ones, the ones that aren't Origin right games. Origin. Um, <laughs> yeah, potentially. At one point, what point does the the entity that's paying his wage get the, the fair rub of the green there? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because fuck knows they need him to play as many games as he can. Yeah, that's right. And, um, I don't think it's too late because there's uh, still 10 games to go and I don't want to win the wooden spoon. I've never won a wooden spoon. Like I said, there are 10 games to go. I want to get something out of the season. I want to win some games. I don't know if it's an option or not. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to win some games. I really am. He's saying so, all the right things there. but Well, they're tossing up an interim, possible Trump interim coach, coach, interim coach in, uh, in Trent Barrett. And I believe Kamali's been mentioned as well. Maybe that's like you know, one that... I think Gallen... I, I, let me see if there's a quote... I think he said something. I'm sure I saw something. Yeah, here. It's been, spoke, uh, it's been spoken about, but it hasn't come. I know one person I have spoken to and asked about is Brett Kamali, but he's still down in Canberra and the club have decided against it. So he's already been trying get to fucking... Fuck, get the fuck out on the field mm-hmm. and play the fucking game you paid to play. You're not there to recruit coaches, for fuck's sake. Yeah, 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 exactly. Hey, did you hear the story? Um, I think it was from like either their Mad Monday or like, you know... You know, ongoing from the Mad Monday last season, where he punched out Bo Ryan. Gallon did. Yeah, really. They're at his they were place. Yeah, well, maybe they're at they're at his place. Gallon, um, yeah, and and I think um, Bo was hitting him with like a kid's toy or something. He just like just you know 
being a fucking pest. And Callan's like, stop it. And he keeps doing it. And he goes, if you don't, if you don't stop it, I'm going to fucking hit you. And so he kept doing it. And so Callan's just gone fucking bam, smacked him. He's gone down, dropped. And this is like around their pool or something. And he said, no one fucking moved. The whole team was there. No one moved. And he said, he said, Jason Bakuya. Who told you this story? This was on, I think I heard like Matty Johns or someone relaying it. And um, he said that Jason Bakuya was in the pool at the time. And he's hit on, he's, he's, he's gone down and on the tiles, there's blood on the tiles. And Bakuya's just gone like, got water out of the pool. <laughs> just wash the water away. Wash the blood away. Wash the, wash the, wash the, wash the blood away. And, and, and Todd Carney's gone, about fucking time. <laughs> I fucking laughed when I heard that story. See, Bo Ryan was great clubbing at the top. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly because he knew Benji Marshall wasn't ever going to knock him out. <laughs> exactly. Um, and Bo's no longer at the club. Yes, exactly. So read that what you will. Uh, next story. <laughs> because uh, he's got a sore neck. Yeah, well, I mean. I'm putting the, I'm, I'm joining the dots here. Yeah, well, you're doing a good job too because I'm sure it's something like someone fucking some sportsman in some other American sport or something got punched and you know, had to retire or something because they got a broken neck from getting punched or something. So, Jesus. Yeah, I was like, geez, that good unloading like Iron Mike, man. <laughs> but, next story. New South Wales attorney to the NFL's talent identification system to ensure they do not relinquish their grip on the state of origin shield. Having just beaten the Maroons for the first time in nine years, the Blues Brains Trust are always already taking steps to create a dynasty by ensuring oh, their best young players are identified and placed in the origin development programs as early as possible. New South Wales officials have been in discussions with Nike counterparts about using the multinationals SPARC, S-P-A-R-C, Q rating system, a standardized battery of tests to rate athletic prowess. The measures include a 40-yard sprint to test speed, a kneeling power ball toss to gauge power, an agility exam, a yo-yo test for reaction endurance, and a vertical jump. The matrix, which was introduced in 2004 and can be tinkered to be sports-specific, is the accepted measure for NFL testing. American football players Reggie Bush, Tim Tebow, and Jonathan Stewart all scored in a 90-plus point range, putting them in elite company. Baseball player Jay Jacoby Ellsbury cracked the magical 100-point mark, while linebacker Mike Mitchell set a world record with a rating of 154.47. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. The Blues are now in the process of tapping into the same system to create a database to ensure potential superstars don't slip through the cracks. The project is the only recommendation that has not yet been ticked off from when New South Wales Rugby League engaged Sydney Roosters Chief Executive Brian Canavan to conduct a wide-ranging review of the state's origin program three years ago. I look forward to seeing George Rose's vertical leap. <laughs> yeah. put a fucking chocolate bar on top of the fucking testing <laughs> testing gauge thing that'd be one way to get a result yeah fuck me dude. so they're saying they'll give us a physical profile of all the kids across the age groups it won't predict performance but it'll give us an idea of the levels you need to be at in order to perform at origin level so uh it's very interesting I mean this is obviously the way that all sports going and sure um, it's very interesting to see that they are Speaking of, you know, getting kids ready for origin, mm-hmm. Jackson will be doing a junior Maroons coaching clinic over the holidays, just saying. I understand. Yeah. There's from five to thirteen year olds, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they get to rub shoulders with, you know, who's gonna be there. Oh fuck Devon, probably no one. Probably people from the NRL or QRL hopefully, development. Hopefully fucking people. Neil Henry. And not Mal. Or maybe maybe Hagen. Hags. Get a proper coach in. Hags. <laughs> did you see at half time in the origin on Wednesday night the players are all sitting there in the circle on their stools and uh, and, and Mal's just sitting there not saying anything and Hagen's the one fucking giving it to him. yeah right giving the address to him at half time I didn't time, actually yeah. see that yeah um, I had to go out to Texas on origin day for a funeral and um, 
After the funeral, when the family was um, going to do the internment, we went back to where the wake was going to be held yep. at the uh, Texas Bowling Club, yep. uh, which is a lovely little establishment. And um, I was sitting down with two drinks that two drinkers that probably would have given Bruiser a run for his money, God rest his soul. And um, they started pumping bourbons into me at a rapid rate of knots, <laughs> and then proceeded to buy a six pack for the ride home. So you weren't crashing there overnight. Sorry, no. And so one of the other boys who wasn't drinking, obviously, because he was driving us home. Yeah. I uh, I made it just probably twenty minutes before kickoff. Made yeah. it home. Didn't crash and out in the way. No, no chance. Yeah. Yeah, I was still shoving bourbon into my face. Okay. Against <laughs> my will, and um, yeah, I was I was not in a great state towards the origin, but I did take the game. Well, so at half time, I um. I think I tried to convince Jackson to go to bed, but he was too excited. Yeah. He stayed up. Nicklin wasn't very excited to see his first origin loss. <laughs> Nicklin <laughs> sent me a message. She was uh, asleep and obviously had woken up to feed Leo and could hear Jackson. She sends me a message from the other room. Why can I still hear Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's full time. He's going to bed now. Shut up, woman. It's state of origin. I would not be back. Re- if I'd have said that, yeah, yeah, if Jackson said that. <laughs> no, no, you texted that back, right? If I had texted that back, I would not hand. be here. You need your hand back in your relationship, dude. Is that right? Yeah. I would I would <laughs> challenge you to show me any evidence of you ever sending someone a text message. I haven't had that. to. I've got the hand in my relationship. <laughs> yeah, bitch. Fucking lawyer. <laughs> Science, bitch. <laughs> wow. If only it were even remotely accurate. <laughs> Liam Fulton has been told to put his health and family ahead of his NRL career. Uh, he's going to find out again if he will play again in 2014. But uh, old saucy Galloway has said that he's got to put his wife and little girl ahead of his own footballing future. They're going to get the results, hopefully today as we record the show. They'll go through those and they'll outline the full effects of repeated concussions from this season and what they've had on his health. He then have to sit down with his wife to, con- to decide on his playing future after consulting with the club doctor and chief executive, Grant Mayer. He's one of only four remaining members from the 2005 grand final winning squad and was the best and fairest player of the club last year. I think common sense needs to prevail. And Look, they can do all the tests they want. As much as it was a bit of a grub act, uh, the far longer yeah, well, incident... Yeah, of course it was. Um... I don't know that the impact was that extreme. It was grubby and it was across the head. When you fail to finish four of the six games you played this year and the games you've had off because you've been, you know, the concussion sustained in those yeah. other six games, then, um, yeah, I think, you know, but it might be the point now where, like... If that's knocking you out... His chin's gone. It's, you know yeah, I mean? you've lost your chin, yeah. you know, and it, and it can happen in an instant. You can have, yeah. you know, plenty... Some people can have way more than that. Some people can have less, but mm-hmm. you've got a, a certain amount of times... That you can you can take a blow to to knock you out. Yep. Um, before it becomes you know not that difficult anymore. <laughs> yep. Um, and in a contact sport like they play, like you, you'd hate to see you know just a sheer fucking impact of a, of a big shot, completely legal, no contact with the yep. head starting. To, just snapping your head back yeah. when you hit when you when you're not actually hitting the head, you know. Um, and of course, regardless of the, of his actual physical performance on the field, should that happen, the the dramatic effect after football. Or, or away from football is, um, you know, 
how's it affect his memory with his, you know like well we had and remember last week or the week before there was you know there was a news article that we mentioned because we've been following this Liam Fulton thing mm. and he and he said that you know he's like you know accepted or prepared to accept that you know dementia is going to be a part of his future thanks to the concussions and everything he's sustained yeah, over his career which is fucking horrible I, yeah. I um he's been great for the club and uh, he certainly makes a difference when he is on the field and healthy but when you you know that was a real eye opener for me um to see a guy be concussed from that that last one that was yep. a real eye opener and I hope he does do the right thing by himself and his family and I hope the club looks after him alright this one I found fascinating because I'd never considered anything about it the greatest fan club in rugby league Blatchy's Blues is on the you know arguably the greatest fan club motherfucker <laughs> is on the verge of being sold to New South Wales League bosses. Founder Dan Blatch, a Bondi financial planner and Blues Tragic, is close to striking a six-figure deal with the New South Wales Rugby League, sources say. The confidential negotiations were discussed among league identities in the Legends Room at ANZ Stadium during Origin match week, or during the Origin match last week. One Rugby League source said the sales, sale price could be less than 700000 while another said it would be more than 300000 as many as 15,000 blue-wigged Blatchy's Blues inspired Gallon's men to dig deep last Wednesday night. They received the greatest reward when the team wore blue wigs and paraded, paraded before their section at the northern end of the stadium to celebrate the famous victory. Jared Hayne took the football over the deadline as the siren sounded and led a charge of players straight towards the passionate supporters. So, a bit of history on the group. It's that they were founded in 1999 when Blatch and two dozen friends wore blue wigs on his 18th birthday at Origin 2 that year. The club uses Facebook to mobilise its fans. who buy tickets for Origin in seats specially reserved for Blatchy's Blues. They pick up the famous wigs and t-shirts which Blatchy's Blues supplies to the NRL when they arrive at the ground. And um, apparently they've been in negotiations with him uh, since late last year. Uh, one source said, a fan group can only go so far outside the nest. To offer fans more experiences, you have to work with the game. Under the deal being finalised, Blatch would become an employee of the New South Wales Rugby League to try and ensure the club remains true to its original values. It's believed the New South Wales Rugby League would like to use his, uh, Blatch's Blues, which has 13,000 Facebook likes, as a foundation to create Blues membership fan packages. No comment from either side. It's... Look, it's a credit to the bloke. At the end of the day, he's, he's he started it from nothing, and it's and it's become really formidable. And it, yeah. it's it's really good to see um, in those games down there that you know the thousands upon thousands of people in the blue wigs. It's it's it, it's a good adds to the to the atmosphere and adds to the spectacle. Aesthetically, it looks yeah. great in the stadium as well. Um, so yeah, fuck all credit to the guy. That was the moment of the game too, where I was just like, you know. Prepared, to, you know, when you finally fucking believed that it actually happened when, when Hayne ran out and, and he jumped up on the fence and he was just surrounded by all the dudes. I was like, wow, that's some good shit. I yeah, never was, proceeded to play my penis and masturbate furiously. In I was add something there, but I don't really think... I was alive with pleasure at that point. <laughs> so, yeah, mate, if you can get that kind of money... And ongoing, you know, ongoing salaries as a paid-up member, you know, paid-up employee of New South Wales Rugby sure. League. Fuck, dude. Living the dream. Absolutely. Salute, salute you. And uh, New South Wales Rugby League, if you do fail to secure a deal with Blatchy's Blues, just saying. Keep going up the ladder and you can hook us up. And, uh, yeah, with sale. Maybe not for 700. You may have to go a bit higher than that. <laughs> <laughs> and finally... I saw this on Sport all the other day and I just uh, copy and pasted it just so we could talk about it on the show so people can speculate away. It wasn't one of those lurker things. It was just, it was, it was another article. I can't remember who wrote it. It was like a Sport or Staff thing, but 
Who's the leading player sidelined at the moment with an injury said to have been sustained during the heat of battle? A closer investigation has revealed the injury was actually picked up away from the training or playing arena during an altercation. It's been a nice smother job to keep it quiet. So far. Dun, dun, dun. Oh. Corey Parker's got a busted face. Brent Tate's got a busted knee. Yeah, we all saw that happen, though. That was a pretty fucking bad moment. We'll get to that, though, in a bit. But, yeah. Who else has got a busted neck? <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, he's, like, retired now, and he's not, And I don't think Bo Ryan would ever have been considered a leading player. Corey Parker's not, like, a leading, leading player, but he is a representative player, and, I mean, you know, he's a leading player on a supercoach. So <laughs> yeah, I'm at a loss to, to explain that one, but... A facial injury to me, to screen, you know, because like you know, an altercation, you think, okay, someone's got smacked in the head, and you know, and you see so many um, UFC guys, you know, with you know cheekbone and you know eye socket injuries Orbitals and stuff. And yeah, exactly. See fractures. John Wayne Parr on the Fuck, he got smashed with that elbow. Yeah, sad day. Yes. Well, not a sad day. I mean, the banner, the, the torch hasn't been passed yet. He'll be back. He's still got fights to go on that contract. Look, I um. At the end of the day, a lot of stuff must go on at training with the, you know, testosterone fueled environment, high stakes, players really competitive to, to, wanted to be gain alpha. or, yeah, wanted to be alpha or gain or, or, or hold on to their spots within the squad. So, yeah. uh, I'm not surprised. Or just crazy, just playing fucking psychopaths like, yeah. like Ottoman taking on Waterhouse. Exactly. <laughs> Jake Mamo, I reckon he'd fucking be right up. There. Yeah, where are you? What, 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 what fucking set you off on Jake Mamo? He's a fucking crazy person. <laughs> I'm telling you, the man doesn't blink. He's got eyes as big as fucking dinner plates. Don't trust the man, don't blink. Damn, damn straight. <laughs> Please proceed, though. You mean? Any Newcastle players got facial injuries? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Multiple stab wounds? Mamo did it. Yeah, Mamo. Yeah, home invasion got cricket bat to the face. <laughs> Other than that, I've got nothing on the explanation of, of the uh, the player in question. Let's move on. So we'll assume Corey Parker. Recaps. And we'll start with last Wednesday night. The mighty New South Wales Blues, six, defeated the Queensland Maroons, four, down there at ANZ Stadium, the home of Rugby League, with a crowd of 83,421 legends, you know, less probably, you know, a dozen or so Queenslanders that snuck their way through, and uh, six points for New South Wales, try Trent Hodkinson, one conversion from one attempt, Trent Hodkinson, and uh, t- against Queensland, who had a... Uh, uh, try to fuck it. What? How did they get their four points? I'm trying to look. They got no. Sorry, two Thurston, goals. Thurston, two goals, two from two. Sorry. Look, uh, first of all, great performance from New South Wales. I thought uh, the whole game. I don't think it was it was a great spectacle of of rugby league skillful genius, but I think it was yeah. a really high intensity uh, for 80 minutes, and it really came down to to a couple of plays. Um, I think, obviously. Hodkinson's try was um, was pivotal. It just yep. came down to you know a little bit of extra effort from from Tio and um, they would have stopped that. Sorry, you would have stopped it if, if uh, yeah. Tio just had have just, just followed pushed across a bit. Um, you know, 
Cherry was in two minds and, and got sold a dummy and away he went. But, um, you know, Dave Taylor holds on to that ball. Different things happen. Yep. A couple of other passes go astray. But it really only come down to probably three plays. Big tackle from Hoju out, yeah. out wide again. Something similar to Brett Morris. Absolutely. Save a try. Jared Hayne with the fucking strip on Thiday as he was trying exactly. to score a try. Like just, and it was, was it Hayne? No, it was Reynolds who, who got the foot there. I mean, their best chance was when, yeah, when, when Cherry, Cherry Evans did the chip the through yeah, or the grubber through. Um, Really, really high intensity, and, and it's it's it was a credit to the, the spectacle that is Origin when you look at the last few series, um, and it probably really has over the whole series boiled down to probably half a dozen plays over three games that um, Queensland have probably shown their their class to to come out in top over over a three game series. But it, in this year, uh, this year, it, you know, the Jared Haynes brilliance in game one, um, and then a really you could see how much it meant. To, to each and every player on the field uh, with the intensity that the game was played at. And um, look, I think Queensland were gallant, but they probably couldn't produce those class plays on the night. And, and New South Wales' Hodkinson did, I think. Um, Certainly Hodkinson did, not, yeah. Reynolds, um, I'm not sure it was the occasion getting the better of them, but they, their kicking game was, was fairly well off for a large part of the game, but they, they did get better as the game went on. Um, big performances from a lot of players through the team. Um, I thought Ryan Hoffman played the best game I've ever seen him play. Oh, that second half from Hoffman yeah. was critical. Like the and, and um, I'm probably I'm not a Hoffman, Hoffman fan by any stretch of the imagination. You, remember, you call back to the first selection. I was like, the, he he was one of the ones I identified as being a weak point mm. for the side. But I mean, in the, he was fucking massive, enormous in the second half down the left hand side. The meters he'd made. I mean, he got thrown under the bus a lot of times on the right hand side with Reynolds trying to turn the ball back inside. You know, he's trying to overplay his hand and stuff. But when he just started carting it forward down the left, fucking immense. Yeah, he was really good. Um, for Queensland, I think their, their forwards really toiled hard. It was hard going in the middle. Um, and I just, like I said, I just think it came down to a few class plays that they, they normally come up with yep. and they normally get the result um, on this night and this year. New South Wales just wanted it that little bit more and, and could produce the class plays when it counted. And um, look, like I said, they've been getting closer for the last few years and the last few series have been a toss of a coin and, and series before that Queensland were just head and shoulders above them as a side but these last three series um, have have been you know played at, at a level of competitiveness between the two sides that we haven't really seen in a, in a long long time so uh, Origins back to its best uh, New South Wales deserve their victory and um, Queensland will, will be disappointed but I, I think you know going back to to Suncorp, they, they'll still find a lot to play for, and um, obviously, yeah, they don't want to, be want to go out. Yeah, want to want to try and sweep it and put that that eight in a row to, to bed one. You know, with a, with an exclamation point. Yeah, you didn't mention Robbie once. I made a point of that, Nathan, because I wanted to single him out in special mention. Um, <laughs> uh, I thought Robbie was great. I thought he, you know, this was a game where. He he answered all his all his critics. He's he's probably been doing it for the last two series, really. But he still had uh, uh, several, namely yourself. Um, Look, he I just had some 50. he just had some big moments where he 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 elected to assume responsibility for the outcome of the game, and and he he wasn't up to it. And in this game, I, I thought he was one of New South Wales' best. Um, I I probably called him for man of the match. That's my bias. But yeah, um, I had Hoffman man of the match. I had Robbie second. 
look, 50, 52 tackles, and, and that's become um, his MO. Stand. It was charity, you know. You know, it was charity too. Like the the bookies, were the the line on tackles for Farrow was forty point five. Yeah. Fucking. That's when has he ever done less than that? Yeah. He um. There just can't be anyone that denies he belongs in that arena, and I I was really happy to see him and Woodsy go really well, and you know it was completely from a Tigers perspective and I always do put the Tigers first above all else as far as representative games I I think you know I love the spec- spectacle of origin and I love the standard of the play but you know your team's going to be effectively playing in a three game grand final series next year so mm-hmm. whereas you know I think the club it's not sustained reward for 26 rounds of yeah, fucking quality exactly. than sudden death for another And four. other people, you know, place more emphasis on origin and, and all credit to them, but... They're like, usually Titan supporters and North Queensland Cowboys supporters. <laughs> Basically, Queensland sides, Queensland supporters, whose teams don't have a fucking hope in hell of winning anything ever. So why do I put all my emphasis on Tigers and Nathan? That just refutes your point. You won one recently, you know, well, you know, oh, look, coming up to 10 years now, but, you know, in decline recently. And now, all of a sudden, you've got a chance of winning the comp. Thank you, Nathan. I'm just I saying there's a light, I'm saying there's a light um, in the tunnel. Not this year, not next year, the year after. Maybe, you know, 20 years. Also, Dugan went all right, and I was a bit worried he, about he did, his, yeah. how he was going to go. But He didn't fuck up, no. essentially. That's that's the best that I can say for him. He did he did well like he he wasn't outstanding. He but res- he restrained the the threats on that side of the field, mm-hmm. you know, namely Inglis. And he also posed a few questions in in attack, which is yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Like I wasn't that impressed with the you know the attack side. He didn't get a great deal of ball either. The problem the, the problem is like you can talk about all the good performances on both sides, but every player had a massive still had a massive butt on their against their name. Like you go like. Hoffman, Hoffman, was, to... Hoffman was fucking magnificent in the second half, but there was some drop ball, you know, when he when he come around to the right because Hoffman sort of threw him under the bus and turned a pass inside that he wasn't ready for or whatever. Yeah, Gallon was fucking enormous the whole game long as the captain should be, but he kept getting himself in the ball in the way of you know possessing the ball five ten meters out when he should have fucking backed right off and let the backs do that you know actually let the class happen and when one class he plays one try and that's all it took to win the game they could have scored a lot more points I think if he him and Bird is another one who played well very well but stay out of the fucking you know let the class guys do the class stuff in the red zone to try and put the points on and not try and just keep you know fucking carting it up carting it up and Farah played well but at origin level he continually persists in running from dummy half which is good I like the runs from dummy half when they're successful, but he constantly does those ones where he's picked out the markers for not being square or for being offside or something, runs into them, <laughs> expects a penalty, and they never, ever, 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 not once, ever, this this series, they'll never penalise that shit, ever. Stop fucking doing it, because all you're doing is wasting a run, homie. You know what I mean? <laughs> Come on. True. But um, I was... Again, after the game, you could see how much it all it all went, and it all dawned on um, the New South Wales players as to what they'd achieved. And I thought they were good scenes. If if you love rugby league, oh, um, Jared, I know, man, sensational! Know, all the hatred, all the rest of it, is fair enough and and warranted. But um, you know, we get stuck into these players for being mercenaries and yep. no loyalty and all the rest of it. But when you see players react like that to a victory, I think yep. that's good for rugby league. Yep, Payne and Gallon are the notable. You know, names Robbie? there. Yeah. Yeah, Robbie. Yeah, Robbie actually, yeah, he got in amongst a little bit. 
But Gallon and Hayne are the ones that'll stick out. And like with Laurie Daly. But like Hayne, that was, you know, when he's, you know, scooped up the ball and, you know, yeah. juggled it a bit and then taken it dead and then jumped up on the on the fence in the crowd and everything. That was the shit that moment. Yeah. It's awesome. All right. Twitter. Shunter86. Is Origin dead yet? Hash one in a row. <laughs> to which I would reply, no, it's 33% dead. Based on Queensland Mathematic. Dragons underscore Red V. Greatest moment of my life. It's finally over. Hash one in a row. <laughs> Relax, Shelley. Unky D. I haven't seen that much grubbery in a game of footy since the last time the Storm played the Bulldogs. Maroon Grubs. Hash one in a row. S. Barulius. 17 footballers will always beat 34 elbows. Ash Origin. Erebus Chaos. Had to happen eventually. Fucking grubby, cheating cunts. <laughs> Shaboogan no Piers Shaboogan no Piers no Gidley instant victory <laughs> you know, can't argue history will reflect gotta love Keefe it's good to see the team that won hash eight in a row is the same team that fucked it like a skank in the shitter at the pub <laughs> wow <laughs> passion was running wild after the game uh, Andy underscore Siegs I've got to say Andy V He's been bringing his... He's been tweeting like a motherfucker probably, what, started a month ago? Yeah, not... You know, this year sometime, been I think. going strong. But yeah, pounding, it's good. Uh, the whole game was slow and poor. New South Wales halves are rubbish. Gallen, Bird, Hoffman and Woods, guns up front. Jennings, Haynes saved us in the backs. Sammy Boy, 1986. Coming from a pom, mental. Fucking mental. In a bar with hundreds of Aussies, everyone felt that. That's what this game is about. Uh, Hammers. Better team one. We won't be blaming Hash Ref's fault. Hope you all die in a pit of hepatitis. <laughs> Queensland is so fucking, so gracious. Uh, CK Jonesy. If a ball hits you in the woods and nobody sees it, did it really happen? And that's probably one of the that's, better tweets in the whole thing. That, right? is, that was his finest moment of yeah. his entire life. And I could, you should, should talk about the, the, the woods thing. It was well, a strange incident. It was, you know. It was, and look... You coached, I coached my kids play the whistle. Yep. Of course. Play the fucking whistle. Yep. And when the stakes are that high, you play the fucking whistle. Always. And if that was a Queensland player, I couldn't see any of those players on that field putting their hand up and saying, no, nah, I touched it. Yep. Adam Gilchristing it. It's, yep. it's not going to fucking happen. No. no. So ble- bleat all you want about how they got the core wrong. Ingle still claimed that try in game one last year. <laughs> do not blame Aaron Woods because there is not one player in Marone that would have done it any differently. Yep. And uh, Hammers against so New South Wales won through sheer grit. Probably the first time in 10 years they've done that two games in a row. He's got hash origin alive. Well, they've realised what they had to do to beat Queensland. And I think they, they turned the corner when they started you know, being proactive and, and being confident mm-hmm. that they can actually defeat Queensland, not, this is going to sound silly, but actually defeat them by way of their play, not just stop them winning, yep. if you know what I mean. Yep. Yep. Um, they've just, for Played too long... lose. Yeah. Mm. For, for too long, they've picked, you know, Bo Scott in the centres. Yeah. And things like that, that's really negative. Yep. Because as great a defender as he is... When the ball gets to him, you get nothing. Yep. Why would you do that in such a crucial position? Yep. Uh, it, well, I haven't him in the pack though. Once again, he was another guy that I was a critic of, but um, he fucking bought some some mental. <laughs> he is. <laughs> you know, he, d- he hard, does relish like that a, role. He's just as, hard as a tough guy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he definitely brought that, and uh, and it clearly, you know, got under got under the skin of Queensland. 
you know, we started getting named for it in the, in the mm. Courier Mail and stuff. And, you know, they started bringing it up. So it's obvious that he was, uh, and he was getting a bit of extra attention in game two as well. And no doubt going, you know, going forth, he'll get more attention. Sure. But uh, yes, very interesting. Okay, get on to the normal games. And uh, on Friday Night Football, we had the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs 22 defeat the Canberra Raiders 14. Down there at GIO, frozen GIO. And uh, the points were as follows. Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs had a double to Drury Low. Corey Thompson, Tim LaFay uh, also tries. Trent Hodgkinson, two from four, and a penalty goal. Uh, defeating the Raiders, who had uh, tries to Jared Croker and Anthony Milford. Uh, Croker, two from two conversions and a penalty goal. Despite the Raiders starting well, the Bulldogs, you know, took what they could throw at them and, and, and responded in turn uh, and come away with a, a fairly solid win. Uh, convinced, n- not convincing by any stretch. And to be honest, conditions aside, uh, it was bitterly cold down there, as you'd expect this time of year in Canberra. But I really expected more from the Dogs, um, given, you know, that they wasn't all that long ago. They were leading the comp and they were one of the form teams um, in the NRL. When you, You're playing a, a team that's essentially, other than... Goodbye. Other than really Cronulla and, and Newcastle, they're probably the, the team that's in the biggest fucking rabble at the yep. moment. Yep. Um, they really should have put, they had their chances, um, but I, I don't think they were really confident enough, or played that confident style of football that they can play and really put the Raiders to the sword um, as you'd expect them to do. They had a few losses, yep. um, and this was the perfect opportunity to really, once they got on top, to really assert their dominance and. And, and put some points on and, and gain some confidence from a, a solid, vic- you know, a huge victory against the Raiders who are doing so poorly at the moment. So I did expect more from them. Um, I think from Ricky Stewart to keep Milford on the bench for that long in, in a game like that, um, it's really an insult to, the to, you know, the Raiders members and fans who are really suffering at the moment and still turning out when it's three degrees and two degrees. Yeah. Um, it's still turning out 10,000 to this game. Um, and you know, like I said, considering the conditions, I yeah, think that's, that was a great. That's that a pretty good crowd. Almost eleven thousand. Yeah, it was a great yeah. crowd under the circumstances. Um, and to keep their most entertaining and their their biggest attacking threat off the field for, you know, three quarters of the yeah, game. Yeah, most of the game. Yeah. It's, it just it's ignorant. Um, I think it's insulting to their to their fans, and um, I don't really see any reason for it. Yep. Is why it's not like he's he's been horribly out of form. Is it because you know you're not getting anything out of him after this season? So you, you're trying to blood Reese Robinson, but you've been trying to replace Reese Robinson um, from the moment Milford said he wasn't staying. Um, it, it it just nothing Ricky Stewart does really surprises me. Um, but that was that was one that had me had me thinking a little bit as to where his head was at. Um, just on the dogs. I mean, Hodkinson came into the game with a bit of a cork, and um, but I think he and Reynolds, you could already see the signs um, of the benefit from the origin experience that those two guys have got this year, just from even from just the two games. Yep. Um, you know, a game, it's the middle of the season, they're backing up from a huge victory on Wednesday night, um, but like origin players do and like consummate professionals that generally are the type of players that are picked at Origin, they backed up, and and they were you know two of the more solid performers on the field for their team, uh, you know in a pretty dour victory. 
Okay, Twitter, Jar TV. Actually, wrong one. Where are we? Let me get the right ones. Here we go. At this, sorry, Shunda86. At this rate, the coach pilot will need to be reshot and focus on Ricky sprucing up his resume in Word and browsing seek.com.au. <laughs> Uh, Shane Aaron Elvis. Do you reckon he'll last the season if they don't start winning? <clears throat> well, did you see through the week he was saying something like, oh, you know, this this team's going to be fucking, you know, back up the top. They're going to be contenders in like five to seven years. <laughs> <laughs> what confidence can you take? Why does it take that long? I mean, look at how quickly, uh, you know, a guy like, you know, like Hasler turned Manly around when they had no players. How Phil Gould turned around um, Penrith. You know, in in time ahead of the ahead of schedule, you know, and that's not the only you know it's not the only guys have done it, but I mean, I don't think there's this requirement for rebuilding to take that long in this day and age. I agree. Uh, where are we? Uh, Troy Schroeder, Troy underscore seventy nine. This is the worst Raiders side in our thirty two year history. I no longer look forward to watching this team play. Just, uh, it's a, assessment. The fans are getting yeah, they're, they're the ones hurting here because Jack White's still getting paid. Jar TV. There's never been a team so full of useless bald cunts as this Raiders side. Make happy day money go to Raiders this year. Uh, GT351 underscore Johns. Not pretty, but a win is a win. Hard to beat your best in that cold, drab, dreary place. I'll take it. And uh, finally, Solzy04. Probably my last tweet on the Raiders for a while. Still suffering through watching every game, but you can't make me talk about it. <laughs> Poor fucker. New Zealand Warriors, 19. Defeat the Brisbane Broncos, 10. Mount Smart Stadium in front of a crowd of just over 16,000. And the points went as follows. New Zealand Warriors, their 19 came from tries to Ben Henry, Conrad Harrell, Chad Townsend, uh, Sean Johnson, three from three conversions and a field goal. Defeating the Broncos with tries to Jake Granville and Ben Barber and one from conversion from two attempts to Ben Hunt. Yet again, the Broncos were, were very competitive. Um, as they've shown a, a tendency to be in every game this year, but the Warriors really showed the, the class when it mattered, and that's what got them the victory. Uh, Hurrell, is, when his mind's on the right kind of job, is a, is a formidable opponent. He he didn't didn't have a huge run up, but and Jack Reed, or you know, Harrell burst through Reed's tackle, but Reed actually got a really good solid contact on him. Yep. But you could just see there was a split second where Harrell, yep, took the contact. Yep. Didn't break stride. Didn't really even deviate an inch from the from his running, or from the line that he was running, and just fucking steamrolled over the top of the bloke. And Jack Reed's no slouch in defence. No, I don't right. rate his attack by any stretch. Of you know what? Though, I want to say his attack though. He was he was pretty good. He he, Reed. he he seemed fast in this game. I don't know why. But it just felt like he was fast and threatening. Maybe so. because he was playing against Conrad Harrell. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Um, Barber showed a few glimpses of his best form. Yeah, um, yeah come on. But come on, in round fifteen, <laughs> you know, we're more than halfway th- through the season now. Yeah. And we really need to be seeing more from a guy that is their really is, is their biggest attacking option. Well, you know, he, outside of probably Hodges, thought to be their biggest attacking option before the season started. Sure, but uh, yeah, he's uh, not delivered. He hasn't delivered a thing. Yeah, and and it's only a matter of time before fans, Brisbane fans, start getting restless. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, if he Milford, you know, if Milford doesn't start firing, you know, pretty well straight away at five eight next year. Yeah, 
then there's going to be calls for... <laughs> and you know what, Milford, I think, you know, on the Broncos for next year, I think that is a you know, potential problem they've got ahead of them too because in the the junior origin games, you know, he's been pretty well contained and handled by the kids. When he's, uh, you he's know, not a big kid. When he's got guys running at him, seasoned NRL players, full-grown men running at him in the front line of defence when he's in, you know, playing in the halves... Mate, and he's not a big kid. He's going to stretch. Yeah. He's fast, and and I'm sure he's strong and all the rest of it. But she size is going to get you. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's, he's going to make you a few tackles alone. He hasn't got that going for him. Yep, yep, exactly. Now, pleasing about this game for the Warriors is they didn't fall off. They didn't fade away. True. They got out to win. They had the lead at half time. The Broncos came back and made it a, made a game of it. But when the Broncos did really fucking turn it up and look like that they were going to come home strong and win the game, they met the challenge. They met the challenge, and and this that is something that's like atypical for a Warriors side to really do. So uh, you, you got to say since the the change of coaching, they they appear to be like you know fitter or like have better endurance or at least or better application for eighty minutes. I don't know what it is, but uh, you know. They're not there yet, but they're looking like a far better side. Absolutely. So obviously, singing, since they stopped singing Kumbaya and shit. Twitter, kicking off with, what have we got first? Shunter86, onesie party at Mount Smart this afternoon. Nobody's getting laid tonight. Hash chastity suit. Sounds uh, like Shunter's house. Chapo the creator. Manu's hair is the worst I've seen in the NRL ever. Oh, special mention to fucking... <sighs> Manu Pigsy Vatavai. What is the go there? Looked just like Pigsy from Monkey Magic. Sure did. Fucking unbelievable. Monkey needs to fly. I was expecting someone to fly down on the cloud and beat some fucking sense into him for that haircut. <laughs> uh, Cruzy06. The game was turned around by that damn Johnson onesie. Uh, Warriors suck balls. This this tweet is interesting because I thought Warriors sucks balls like it was like a, an account to hate on Warriors. But this is a tweet... Warriors sucked so hard at the start of the day when they finally came up for the air, the Broncos gave them the win. Hash, we'll take it. So, we'll take it? So, is, it, is he like a disgruntled Warriors fan? I think he is. Okay. And uh, Ben Zed. Some Pompkins joins Inu and JT in the couldn't tackle Stephen Hawking All-Stars. Oh, jeez. Haven't seen Barber knock over someone since Ainsley. <laughs> It's fucking tremendous. <laughs> but it is true. I mean, let's pay special mention to Sam Tompkins. Made Barber look like a fucking genius in getting palmed off. It, it was so weird when I was watching it. I was thinking, like, for a minute, because he palmed him off so easily, I was thinking, is that like fucking Alex Glenn or someone's migrated over to the left and somehow found some space out there? And then I saw it was Barber. I was like, you've got to be fucking joking. That little fucking... <laughs> that, that little midget... Palming him off like he's you know, some kind of boss. Yeah, Tompkins is dreadful. Fucking not worth a cent. Not nearly worth any of the money that they're paying him over there. And he's going to go down in history as one of the dead set worst imports of all time. Wow. You disagree? Oh, I, just, I think that's fairly harsh. At the end of the day, how about the fucking oh. blokes that missed the tackles before he got to the fullback? It's the fullback's job to fucking mop that shit up and every other 15 other fullbacks... You know, accept that responsibility and execute it with, you know, distinction for the most part. This is a one-on-one situation where the prick had no sideline to work with to speak of. This is not rocket science. Gotta go around the legs, son. Get in there and fucking make the tackle, you pommy git. I was going to say he's like the worst import since um Greg Smith, but I mean, 
he was like a fraud though that guy yeah that <laughs> made shit up and and no one in, no one in australia was really that asked to check his background the internet didn't come to australia in those days <laughs> couldn't check him up uh next the match was around mighty manly sea eagles 26 defeat the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks zero at the tip Ramonda Stadium and uh this one well Manly, 26 points to tries to Justin Horro, Jamie Lyon, Steve Matai, and a double to T-Red, Tom Simons, and uh, Jamie Lyon, three from five conversions. It's getting towards Magpie territory for the Sharks. Some of their uh, performances are fucking dreadful. And uh, turning it up for their fans like that is is equally as dreadful. You just... Uh, you got to wonder... We talk about Peter Sharp's disinterest, and continuing to pick some of these players Ashford in particular and that I know, he's, I know he's been dropped week, yeah. this week but he's been woeful for quite some time and he's he, been continuously picked in first grade and he just opened up like fucking yeah. from the kickoff in this game just daring him to drop him for next week and thankfully yeah. he, he took the challenge but some of these other blokes you, you just got to wonder it's it's at the point of this, this. This season's at the point now where you just put as many kids as you fucking can in, and Paul Gallen and yep. and Wade Graham and and, and Luke Lewis and, and go your hardest. Yep. Like for fuck's sake. Build for the uh, future. Exactly. Um, I thought Jerry really showed signs of maturity, putting the origin disappointment behind him. Um, he, he came out in the in the media and said that um, he took the loss pretty hard, given that he you know he, he'd like to have that moment over again where Hodkinson scored, but um, I think he performed really well in this game and, and after the huge letdown from Wednesday night to back up in this game and, and perform so well is, you know, it's it it probably defies his age is the point I'm trying to make. He's he's still very young and, and we forget that given everything he's achieved so far in, in, in the early days of his career. So uh, I, th- I was pretty impressed with him and, yeah, they really... Steered Manly around. It was fairly clinical, um, and this is the sort of performance, as I said earlier, from the Dogs. This is a type of game I would have expected from the Dogs against Canberra. Similar yep. quality opposition, um, and the Dogs probably showed that um, they're not in as, as good a form as what the you know not as what they were in not a month ago. Yep. And, and Manly probably showed that they're in in better form than they were a month ago. So they're they're starting to trend upwards as you'd expect at this time of year. Can't get much further than the top of the table too. The thing is, it wasn't it wasn't a, that great performance. I thought from Manly, it was they never got our second solid, year. It was, yeah, I thought it was solid. They, they, yeah, they, they never got our second year. It was a total training run, and they and they played like it. I mean, it it, it could have been fifty nil if a couple of passes had stuck. There were a couple forty nil, Nathan. Well, you know, why 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 settle? Like it's time to set new goals. You know, improve, reach for the stars. <laughs> But this this one could have been fifty nil if they had have just had a couple of passes stick. There was so there was one where Tafua got the pass and he kind of dropped it right on the line like it was down around his ankles. Uh, we had ones where there was a couple where Tafua actually dropped it. It would have been dead set tries. I think Matt I had one as well when he was going to get his double and he was cut down when he looked destined to you know, score his double and make us all richer. But um, you know it was it was a good performance. It was very pleasing the 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 nil score line. Um, the shark is like. Gallon, obviously, once again, you know, a massive effort from him carried, trying to carry that fucking team on his back. Um, other than that, I thought Fecky 
was dangerous. I mean, he came close a couple of times. Yep. To scoring some tries. But other uh, other than that, though, like Ashford was absolutely abysmal. Trying to arm tackle fucking Steve Matai every time. I mean, and even when Ashford would, you know, had help around him, he just missed so fucking badly. Like, you know, Brett Stewart or Matai coming through at him. And Brett Stewart, special mention to him, he's played, he was deadly as well, lethal. Um, you know, he just, his indecision fucked up, you know, two players, you know, three players around him. And he, he fucks that entire right-hand side defensive position. Exactly. So, well, I guess we'll see what happens with that in this week. I mean, you know, if there's not much improvement, then you've got to say, well, what the fuck, you know, what's Blakey done? Well, I mean, but, it's, it's yeah. still the Sharks, but it, it's been fairly glaring, some of his misses. And I don't remember him being such a poor fucking defender when he played no. for the Tigers. No. So he, was... either he had real good cover around him to mop up his scraps. Oh no! I thought he, I thought he was a solid defender. He probably missed his share of tackles remember when he was the like, last few seasons. Remember when he was like a you know, quite unquote like when he, when he was a good player. Yeah, like I felt like you know Ashford was like a guy that was like you know maybe he wasn't Lawrence, but he was you know he was a dangerous guy and didn't fuck up and and he scored some distant, crucial tries and made some crucial stops for the Tigers over at various points. Distant, so. distant, distant memories now, man. Okay. Distant memories. All right, uh, where are we? Twitter, eagle-eyed kiwi. Sharks have issues on their right-hand side, or, or as his mum calls him, Blake. <laughs> Ryan Finance, I hope Gallen enjoyed Wednesday night because he won't be winning anything else this season. That's so true. Um, he's got hash shoot up up Cronulla. <laughs> Andy underscore Siegs, 250 minutes since the, the Sharks scored. Sounds like Unky D if minutes were weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Some black-on-black black crime on Twitter. <laughs> um, dashing Dan won. I doubt the Sharks could score against the Springfield Panthers under sevens. I like the way you think, and and our defence uh, on Saturday was was and Nathan, if you had been a spectator, a spectator on Saturday, yeah. fuck me, you would have been crying rest fault. Yeah, you got gypped, did you? No, we 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 took out the win, but when a referee says we only play four tackles, yeah. when he says third and last, yeah, and then gives the opposition another five tackles. <laughs> Eddie Ward, <laughs> motherfucker. What the fuck? And I tend to, um, I, I tend to think that it was probably good tackling practice for the boys. Yeah. But our trainer takes it quite seriously, as <laughs> as as I do. Don't get me wrong. The the, the longer the game went on, it was remained very very tight. Um, in the end, I was like, I was fairly intense. I was yeah. pacing, and um, but the trainer's like, you said. You know, you said last tackle a tackle ago, sir. And then the next tackle. You said the last tackle two tackles ago, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and they're still playing the ball and he's still going, so Did he get um, in the did he get in the refs here after the game? No, at half time he had a I had a little yeah. bit of a word as they were coming and off. And that was the second half. Better. But there was no more of that. It's like he had a fucking abacus. There was out no there, more of that, but geez, he let some he let some stuff go. And we've had that ref once before and it was against a team that wasn't wasn't very good, and they've only sort of this is their first season playing yeah. together, etc. Uh, so he's fairly lenient on them, and I didn't have an issue with that. Yeah. Because, but this team was actually pretty fucking good. Didn't need the help, and from a big club as well. Yeah. So, um, the fact that we we managed to get over the top of them, and um, not that we keep scoring the under sevens, of course, Nathan. But um, I was very <laughs> impressed. Yeah, no, of course we don't. Unky D, I've worked it out. The Sharks are actually a soccer team. Don't soccer fans go nuts when their team scores zero? <laughs> Uh, Warriors suck balls. <laughs> and uh, actually, that's the wrong one. Tall Hayden. The Sharks have just booked their end of season trip to Singapore. Four Floors is the only place in the world they can score. Topical. Topical. He'll be there shortly. Right to show. He's probably there now. 
Up to his nuts in it. Oh. <laughs> Which means Bold he's two and, and a half inches into it. <laughs> yeah, Bulls Deep sounds a lot deeper than... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Melbourne Storm, 46, defeat the Parramatta Eels, 20, down at Amy Park, a.k.a. Purple Cheat Stadium. And Melbourne Storm's 46 came from doubles to Sisawanga. Billy Slater, two tries. Kurt Mann, two tries. Brian Norrie and Jordan McLean over the stripe as well. Cameron Smith got six of seven conversions. And Ben Roberts, 100%, one from one. Paramount Eels, 20, came from a double to Ryan Morgan. Semi Radraja got over via Totai as well. Sandow, two from four. Big story out of this game was obviously the sin binning of Chris Sando um, for descent. He's a cheeky little fucker. He is a cheeky little fucker, but <laughs> I just I think the ref missed an opportunity when when Chris said, "How much are they paying you?" Yeah. Um. You know the correct response was, "I don't know, Chris, but I hope it's in dollar coins so I can slip it through the pokies." <laughs> um, Could you imagine what you know <laughs> that the way that that would have you know completely upended that whole situation? You know, oh, the referee was fucking making fun of his his depression and and his terrible addiction. Yeah, that's the way. That's the way it would have been. He's ended. questioning the referee's fucking honesty yeah, and integrity. Yeah. Well, don't they cancel each other out? It, it, well, I, I think I, you're a grub because you're dishonest. Well, I, I think say you're yes. a grub because you're a fucking degenerate gambler. Well, I say, I say, okay, point, Chrissy. That was cheeky, and you know, you know, probably a bit out of line. But you know, I've, I've fucking smashed you about you know your addiction you're struggling to overcome. Let's call it even. Leave it on the field, and yeah, everyone can have a bit of a laugh about it afterwards. Let's have a beer. You'll but no. Shout. But rightfully... Because the Storm aren't paying me enough for me to shout your beers. <laughs> rightfully, he uh, cop 10 in the bin. Absolutely. And I, I think that that should be where the issue begins and ends. But I think if you agree or disagree with his sin binning, it's a clear sign that for all his redemption and all the work that he's apparently done, he still has issues with discipline. And, you know, does that rear its ugly head in other forms late in important games... Um, you know, when Arthur wants one thing done and Sando sees something else, does he yep. deviate? Does he stick? You know, does he stay disciplined? Yep. Um, you know, they've been, they've had some success this year. They're a big chance of making the eight. Um, the better they play, the more confident he's going to get, and the more likely he is to probably have a bit of a lapse. So, um, I just think that was probably said a lot more about Chris Sando than than being a cheeky little fucker. Um, I felt like it, like watching it, I. I felt like he was just being a cheeky little shit, and like I, I don't even know if he really. You can't, you can't say that. No, you, no, you can't. But I don't know that at the time that he thought that you know that he was saying you know, that that was going to be the outcome. You know, that... he should have been sent off. Really? Yeah. Well, I did. I saw uh, I saw a post on Facebook from Greg McCallum that was being sent around, being shared around, and he said, "Look, if it happened to me, he would have been he would have been off." Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Gordon Dallas got sent off for calling Harrigan a cheat. Yeah. In yeah. Origin. Yeah, that was real talk too. Sorry. That was real talk too. Harrigan is a fucking cheat. Well, he's defending Gordon Tallis now. No, I'm not defending Gordon Tallis. I'm just saying that Harrigan's a fucking nemesis to the mighty Manly Seagulls. <laughs> Don't you remember the fucking the, cement, the truck. cement truck on the on the hill and shit? Look, at the end of the day, you had Greg Hartley all those years. You can't really complain. Um, well, it's just like Tallis can't complain because he had Barry Gomes all those fucking years too. I mean, he not personally, but you know, his team. <laughs> Even at their reduced level in 2014, I know that the Storm aren't the side, the side they have been in recent years for various reasons, but... You give them that much possession, field position, and an extra man, uh, it's game over. They put on three tries in the 10 minutes that Sando was off the field, and that, that's ultimately what broke the game right open. And This is the storm, most stormish performance of the year for them, too. Sure. And I still think 
Parra can really be a force and make the eight this season, but there's just a there's not a lot of structure to them. They have a really heavy reliance upon those X factor type players like Sando, yep. Hain, um, and Hain has shown an ability to to turn those sorts of games in you know over a long period of time and and rattle them out week after week. Yep. But for him to rattle them out consistently, like it's, it's just there's not a great deal of structure to them, and yep. I think the way they play really works for them. But when the when the real business end of the season comes and teams really lock shit down. Yep. Um, sometimes you need to, um, you know, it could be a double-edged sword for them. They might need a bit of structure to stay in games, but then, you know, to get over the hump, they might need that X factor. I'll be interested to see just how uh, how it all comes together for power. They're an interesting site. A lot more interesting this year than they were last <laughs> year or last couple of years, let me tell you. Um, and, yeah, I really enjoy watching them. Not, not that, you know, this performance was one of their better games of the season. I think the Storm were, were far too good in this game, but um, just power as attack when it's on song, it's pretty impressive. All right, and uh, Twitter, Mitch Doyle 08 Gandalf, what a pass from Norman. <laughs> Clearly been listening to this week in League for Motivation, followed by Random Footy Facts, Footy Facts 37. Have I been blowing too much, too, too many smoke rings, or did Gandalf just pass? <laughs> and we've got a couple of those. Um, uh, I'm Tim McIntyre, underscore. This week, the Eels are victims of ref's fault. Now I know what it feels like to be a Manly supporter. No, you don't. <laughs> no, because, because if you knew what it felt like to be a Manly supporter, you know what it felt like to be in the finals the last five years, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and win a premiership in the last fucking forever. Um, Ucky D. Great, Scott. We've gone back in time two years to when the Eels were Spooner and the Purple Cheats were a strong team. And uh, Shane Aaron Elvis. The return of McLean has lifted the storm past the horizontal and back up to the vertical eight. That's a fucking terrible tweet. <laughs> You're fucking, a fucking horrible person. I thought it was a good ant. <laughs> St. George Illawarra Dragons, 19, defeat the Gold Coast Titans, 18 at Seabus Super Shitville. And uh, 12,189 is a reported crowd. Look, said it once, said it a thousand times. It didn't look like that to me. And it was an ideal time slot too. Sunday afternoon, beautiful weather, 3 p.m. Dragons are a well-supported club. You yeah. have to say that they accounted for a, a oh, decent percentage of the crowd. That end, you know, what is it, the southern end? Packed. Now, Dragons 19 came from tries to Lisa Almao. Josh Dugan, Trent Merrin, Widdop got himself a field goal, a crucial field goal, and three from three conversions. The Titans, their 18 came from tries to Kevin Gordon, Mark Minicello, Brad Takarangi, Mortimer in his debut for the Titans got one goal from one attempt, and Greg Bird got a couple. A scrappy game, as you'd expect, from two sides um, struggling at this stage of the year. Um, you know, the inclusion of Benji into the Dragons. Uh, it's going to bring in consistency as Benji brings in consistency himself. Uh, and I think the Titans are struggling with their injuries. Um, and and in the halves, you know, dude playing his first game for him after about yeah, three, yeah, three days exactly. since signing the contract. That, that's exactly Ink wasn't it. even so, dry. Um, so, like I said, as expected, a scrappy game. I think Widdop showed his class, um, not just with the field goal, but, you know, at various points through the game with his kicking game and, um, you know, just his general play. Just he had a really, just got a really cool head and and a touch of class to ice the game for the Dragons, which they they needed. The Titans are probably sliding under the radar for all the wrong reasons um, on the back of their injury toll. Um, 
and, and less so in this game. I, I, I thought, like I said, despite it being a scrappy game, they they hung in there and they, they you know they did put in uh, a much improved effort than what we've seen uh, in recent weeks from them. I think um, it's easy to to get sucked down. Some clubs get sucked down when, when they've got a huge injury toll and and you you, you see their effort suffer. Yep. With the players that do run out there because they you know they might be missing a key key player and you know psychologically that has an effect but um you know the titans probably have done a fair bit of that this season with their injuries but this game they um i, I think they probably turned that around a little bit just on trent merrin for the dragons he's by far their most damaging forward and um he's their only origin representative and he's how long he's out for i don't know if he's um if he's been named this week, but how how long he's either out for altogether or whether he's not 100% for an extended period, I think the Dragons are only going to continue their slight. Uh, he, he's their best forward by far, and if he's not 100% and trying to drive them forward, then um, they really lack a lot of that impetus through the forwards. Um, if they're not going to get it from him, they're not going to get it from anywhere. And he's not named this week. Yeah, so it is. it was a pretty serious angle injury. Okay, uh, Unky D. Has Cardi ever explained to Dave Taylor that momentum equals mass times velocity? 140 kilos times zero velocity is still zero momentum. Hash, have a run, Dave. Thanks for the education. Dragon Punk 12. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't good viewing. Oh, that was just Dugan's tattoos. Good win for the Dragons, though. <laughs> I'm up 23. Well, the Titans got close, which is a refreshing change and probably all I can hope for at this stage. And speaking of Mup, he hit me up the other day and said, look, I want you to make a, a, a sack Cardi shirt. So I'm like, look, I'll, you know, I'll put it out there and, you know, you sell it to, you know, your, your disenchanted, disenfranchised uh, Titans fans and, uh, and, you know, see what happens. So it's up there, respecttheshooter.co. Check on there, sack Cardi. If you're a disgruntled Titans fan... Get amongst it. Get amongst it, grab that effing shirt and uh, enjoy. Because uh, basically, you know, help them up sell it because, you know, you need to get to a certain level before I produce it because... Uh, I'm not paying for it. I'm happy. To, I'm happy to not make anything on it. Put your fucking not, hand in your pocket, mate. But I'm not. I'm What's not going. I'm not going to pay for it. But I mean, if I was a Titans fan, the fucker would be already on people. I would bankroll. It. I'd be giving <laughs> it out for free at the gate. <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, I'm not. And uh, you know, the trials and tribulations of the Titans, you know, don't really concern me. The Ben Z, another bumper crowd at Seabus. Attend next week and receive two free knock-ons from every Titans player. Hash, sweet Jesus, catch the ball. Monday night foot bitch, Newcastle Knights 36 defeat the North Queensland Cowboys 28 in front of a crowd of just under 12,000 at Hunter Stadium. Knights 36 came from tries to Joey Leilua, Kurt Gidley, Darius Boyd, a double to Gay Guy, a try to Tyrone Roberts and the Uate Parte and other conversions, Kurt Gidley 4 from 7. Defeating the Cowboys 28 tries to Antonio Winterstein, Tarek Sims, Robert Louis double and Curtis Rona celebrated his return to the top grade with a try. Thurston, four from five goals. Ironic that the Cowboys are bitching about their injuries after being beaten by the Knights when the Knights have probably endured one of the worst injury tolls in the NRL this season. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to you just have to get on with it. I think when you look at the, the side that the Cowboys took the field with um, on Monday night, I, you know, they're still containing Jonathan Thurston, um, you know, Tamau. Yep. Guys like that, and yeah, but Tamau's a bit of a myth. He he really has been. I, yeah. 
Um, I, I have not been impressed by him this season at all. Um, I've seen the, for, the, the, the future for Dave, for Andrew Fafita, and his name's James Damow. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, Darius Boyd had one of his best games of the year. He's, He's been all right since they started paying him again. Yeah, well, as you'd expect. He uh, normally reserves these games for, for post-origin victories, not losses, but he was really good. Um, and you can tell when Darius is on when he is supporting up through the middle. Yep. Um, like most fullbacks do anyway, but uh, he, he was right on song. Um, in this game and um, made a couple of breaks supporting, you know, forwards on the edges or through the middle. And, yeah, like I said, probably one of his best games of the season. Just on uh, young Corbin Sims, he he might be the best of them. Tarek's gone off the boil a little bit. Oh, ever since the second, second league break? Hasn't been the same. Oh, has when he? he come back, he was he was good. Yeah, but, but like he, you remember, seems... do you remember before you yeah, know, before yeah. the first leg break, even up to the second one, he was fucking amazing. Like he oh, was, yeah. you know, dominant player. Sure, he's um he seems to have gone off a boil. Ashton, you, well, know, you know, does two bad things for every good thing he does on the field, but um, Corbin seems to have it all. He's he's damaging in defence and and can really run the ball. He's quite quick for a big agile. Yep. Know, quick and agile for for a big man, and um, you know got some good passing in his game as well, and a, and a decent offload. So he um, he might just turn out to be the best of the of the Sims boys. Shout out to Ashton Sims though for fucking bringing one of the great rugby league memories of mine to life. Dropping two, that ball, two thousand eight, yeah, yeah, sensational. Greatest hero in Broncos history, saved him from losing seventy nil in the grand final. <laughs> seventy nil. <laughs> Yeah, I just added that score to the score that the Storm beat the Sharks the next week by. <laughs> I figure that's an accurate representation. <laughs> Fair call. Um, yeah, I um, I was actually pretty impressed with the Knights. They, um, you know, this the scoreline flattered the Cowboys. They scored some late tries, but a lot of tries. The I mean, Knights were was... well and truly ahead. It was twenty eight six there at one stage. Yeah, twenty twenty six six or twenty eight six. Yeah, I mean, he got out. He got out pretty far, and then uh, and yeah, it was really like they scored a. Must have been a couple in the last like five minutes, mm. and they got that one right to death as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, great performance from the Knights, and and one that they desperately needed there to keep their fans um, with you know a smile on their face every once in a while. Yeah, well, exactly. Once in a while qualifies. Mitch Dahl zero eight. So will Thurston ask Steve Price for his premiership ring back when he finishes his career with zero for the Cowboys? Cruzy 6 the Cowboys should have let JT sign with the Panthers because you can't build a team around a player who takes a chunk out of the cap. Shana 86, Robert Louis pretended he scored that try and he dropped it cold. Does he not have any integrity? <laughs> and that, that was, That's one of my favourites. That was a carbon, well, it wasn't a carbon copy of, of the Thiday one because to my recollection, Louis didn't have someone pulling the ball out from behind him as, you know, as he was going to score the try. He was just sort of dropping it under his own, you know, of his own volition. But, uh, yeah... Yeah, exactly. And there was a lot of other tweets around Louis that, you know, we fucking heard him all before, so I didn't, you know, had drop kicking his misses and whatever, so, you know. Exactly. We know that, and, uh, you know, thank you for your tweets. Previews. First game Friday night football match of the round. Mighty Manly Seagulls take on the Sydney Roosters at Brookie. And uh, this one, well, grand final rematch. Heath Strange comes on to the Roosters in 18. Wow. So um, Roosters clearly don't want to win. Who is uh, 
dubious in their lineup. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't know who, who's under a cloud. Uh, is it because Boyd, Boyd comes in? But... Is he maybe not ready or not quite ready yet or something like that? Um, seems like you know. There's, I mean, like I love, I love Stranger. He was great. He was he was great for us at Manly. You know, grand final winning legend. But you know, he's no Boyd Cordner. Sorry, he's no boy Cordner. <laughs> he's like, like in his no day and age. And you know, look, you know, I'd, I'd argue he probably wasn't really a boy Cordner back in the day in his prime either, before he went overseas. But uh, you know, a beloved figure around Manly, nonetheless. I think Manly have got this. Uh, I think Brookvale gets him over the line. It'll be a pretty tight contest and, and fairly low scoring. But um, probably a Brett, Brett Stewart special at Brookvale might get him over the top. Yeah, interesting to see how we go injury-wise. I mean, we're missing Watmo on that bullshit suspension. But uh, the man was innocent, but, you know, it's all fish and chip wrapping now. <laughs> um, Jamie Bure, though, for his part, he's been getting game, you know, more game time through Origin, and now this suspension means he's going to be starting for, you know, like another three weeks. He's been going great. I mean, he's got those idiotic fucking penalties out of his game, like holding down the tackles. He's running great lines. I mean, he's dangerous and he's finding himself. You know, there's so many times he'll be pulled down just before the line. You know, cause he's, he's running great lines and getting those opportunities to score some tries. He scored plenty of tries in that time as well. Um, loving his work, and I think he re-signed today as well. Yeah, so I heard I'm, that. I'm not sure how many... I haven't read the article. I just saw the headline. But uh, it was while well, it came through while we were recording. But uh, he's re-signed, and on his current form... And and this current form he's demonstrating probably indicates that, you know, when uh, when Glenn Stewart's gone next year, then he'll slot into the starting spot, you know, in the Glenn Stewart role. And he's doing a great job, so, you know, I'm very happy. Uh, but, yeah, interesting to see how the Manly Seagulls go. I mean, the Roosters have been on an upswing since a very slow start of the season. Uh, they're in pretty good shape as far as injury-wise is concerned. Looks like a fairly full-strength side. Uh, Manly side is the side that uh, did the job on the Sharkies last week uh, to a man. Tom Simons, last week, I didn't mention it. I mean, yeah, he got two tries, and that was off his first two touches of the ball. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like he did anything amazing. But even after that, it just felt like the lines he was running and the meters he was making, it's the best I've seen him play, certainly this year. I mean, he's had limited game time, but it's the best he's played in age. It's like he's had maybe, you know, more injury-free, and he's had more time to actually train with the top team, and, you know, the understandings are coming back and that kind of thing, because he just yeah. seemed to be putting himself in great positions, uh, you know, for all the time he was on. So, yeah, mainly 13 plus, easy. <laughs> Ridiculous. Also, the game that they're going to try and force feed me up here in Brisbane, Brisbane Broncos take on the Sharks. Fucking match of the round, that. People knew what the Sharks were like when they scheduled this game. <laughs> you could have predict. You could have fucking forecast this game in 1947. <laughs> fucking hell. Um, so, Broncos by 20. Yeah, I think the, the Sharks are pretty ordinary. Um, they generally go all right against the Broncos up in Suncorp. They, they, the last, well, certainly the last few years that we've had season tickets, it's always pretty tough, you know, against the Sharkies. Um, and I expect, you know, the forwards to, to battle it out uh, for the first 15 or 20 minutes. But it's just, I think the, the evolution of Ben Hunt's kicking game, um, Justin Hodges there and, and Ben Barber slowly improving, Um Broncos at home, I think, can get the job done. Yeah, I mean, the Sharkies have made some changes to the side, um, namely <laughs> dropping Blake Hageman, so perhaps that does reduce the number Robson of tries. back at halfback as well. Yeah, look, you know, they could take, what, two tries off the off the Broncos this game just for the fact that Hageman isn't there. So that's one positive, but they're not going to win the game, and I don't see him coming close. I mean, the Broncos were still very competitive last week against the Warriors. 
even though the Warriors got away with the win. Um, so, yeah, I'm still, you know, you'd have to say Brisbane 13 plus. If they needed a game to throw themselves back into some sort of form, yeah, that's the one. West Tigers take on the Canberra Raiders on Saturday. Uh, this one is at Campbelltown. And honestly, this is going to be another fucking butchery. It should be. Um, and I guess the Tigers will be fresh coming off the bye. Um, no Liam Fulton in the side, as we discussed earlier, and, and Ciro comes in. Um, and I suspect that'll be his position now for the rest of the season. Um, pretty much a full-strength Tigers side, with the exception of probably James Gave. Uh, Blake Austin's on the bench. Um, and I guess when Gave, Gave does come back, where where does he fit? Um, and who do you drop? Does Blake Ashford yeah. drop off the bench or... Um, Gave was so critical in those first, you know, six or so weeks of the competition um, where the Tigers were, were actually playing some good footy. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they probably are keen to get him back in there. But, you know, Austin, to his credit, has performed really well um, in a, a variety of roles for the Tigers um, since he's broken into the side. So. If you're a forward thinking you know, or even a good coach, you'd just swap him in for an Asta. Yeah, there's... Send Braith packing and fucking get on my There's Gabby probably on the bench. a respect thing there. And, and there's, I think Potter is still hung up on the idea that Brooks needs someone experienced beside him. Um, probably true, though. Yeah, fair enough. Sorry? That's probably true. It's fair and enough. Brooks does do some dumb fucking shit. <laughs> Impetuous, dumbass shit. Look, at the end of the day, I think Anasta, too many people judge him um, strictly on, you know... Performance. <laughs> I think he brings a lot of intangibles when it comes to Brooks. I think he's he's a he's a voice of reason um, and and uh, provides him confidence based on his experience, uh, and that's that's only going to help him as as his game develops. But at some point, you know, if we don't start putting some wins together, at what point do you throw Austin in there to? to build his combination with Brooks. And then where does Moses come in from next season? It's um, it's all still yet to play out. But for the moment, I I know he hasn't been setting the world on fire with his general play, but I think Nasta's probably a good foil for Brooks there at the moment and, and his experienced head will, uh, you know, will, will only help Brooks and in turn help the team. Chris Lawrence, he's... There's a lot of people getting fairly disgruntled with Chris Lawrence. He was ordinary against South. Uh, and really needs a, a strong performance against the Raiders. Um, I think if we're serious about making the eight, we need to we need to make short work of the Raiders and really put a score on them. Um, we're at home, you know the whole Tedesco thing. We've got every reason to to stick it to the Raiders. Um, you know Milford comes back into the well. The Raiders, side. yeah, the Raiders have got every reason to stick it to Tedesco, I guess. Sure. I, I don't know that they're really going to be able to get to him too much, but... He doesn't um, need much convincing to get an injury. No, you're right. Yeah, um, I just... I think if the Tigers are serious about making the eight, which I think they are, um, you know, they should really match. They're going to have to be aggressive to match the Raiders forwards in the first 15. Um, and then when Sue, Tapio and, and C. Manif and I start coming off the bench, they, they really need to turn the screws on those forwards and get them moving around and... and in, in the later stages of each half, there should be some room for Robbie to work his magic and, and get Brooks, um, you know, hitting Tedesco and, and hitting, you know, hopefully see Tim Simona in a bit of space. He's been fairly quiet this season. He has yep. spent some time out with injury. So um, hopefully, uh, like I said, I, I really would like to see, it, in the context of their season, I'd like to see 
see the Tigers score a, a, a really convincing win. Okay. That's got to be 13 plus, or they can just, they're fucking kidding themselves. They're taking the piss. North Queensland Cowboys take on the South Sydney Rabbitohs up there at 1300 teeth. And, uh, you know, this one, the Rabbitohs are slowly, slowly been increasing the quality of their performances. Some games more slowly. Cowboys backing up from Monday night, in which they were fucking woeful. Flogged. Um, Thursday just blew a gasket trying to carry the whole fucking team again, do everything himself. As usual, and I, I think the Rabbitohs. Um, English back into the side, um, Isaac Luke there, and, and getting better every week with a bit of fitness. I, I think Rabbitohs will be far too strong for the Cowboys, who look a little bit shot at the moment. I think they win it easily, and the Cowboys is more of the same from them. I mean, you know, promising team, a lot of wraps around them, you know, some good performances early, and now they just, you know, you, they can't even blame Origin for it. You know, it's just not happening. And, uh, you know, Green was meant to be the answer over a guy like Neil Henry. Mm. It's just not happening. New Zealand Warriors take on the Penrith Panthers on Sunday at Mount Smart Stadium. Sam Tompkins hasn't been dropped. He hasn't. Shocking. Dane Nielsen comes into the side for uh, Nagani Lamarpe, uh, who was suspended. Uh, the for spear a, tackle, yeah. For, yeah, a dangerous tackle. So, um, I saw someone on Twitter saying, how far has Dane Nielsen fallen? He's been playing New South Wales Cup. Yeah, he's a bit, bit, of, bit of a forgotten man, eh? Yeah, absolutely. I think the Panthers can go over there and do a job on the Warriors. Um, Panthers are, uh, you know, they need to, you know, Warriors are a little, in a little bit of form. The, this is the type of game the Panthers need to win. People have been saying they haven't beaten anyone, and I know the Warriors aren't exactly top flight material right at the moment, but on their day, they can they can really beat anyone. So if the Warriors have a good day and the Panthers get over the top of them, I think it would start taking the Panthers a bit more seriously. Um probably go Josh Mansour as first try scorer, wouldn't you? Yeah. Or someone from the Warriors. I think the Warriors will win. Really? Yeah. They're at home. They're going well. Panthers Pan- Pan- haven't played anyone. Like you said, I mean, it's not like the Warriors are anyone. But, uh, you know, at worst case scenario, this is going to be a very a very good test. Exactly. Yeah, to see where the Panthers are at. And if they get smashed here, then... I'd be very worried Pretty much proves people... Nerd. Yeah. Proves people right. Okay, what have we got Sunday? Paramedic Eels. pocket protectors. Yeah. Parramatta Eels take on Newcastle Knights. And uh, this one's taking place at Pertec there, Parramatta. Yeah, Knights backing up from Monday, even though it was a win. I think the Eels, they're on an extended rest. I think they'll, um, you know, at home, I think the Eels will come out full of running. They always generally start well at Parra Stadium and well, Pertec Stadium as it is now. And uh, I think... Parra will get over the top of the Knights for sure. Yep, I think so. I've got Parra to come to bounce back. And if they don't, well, then, you know, they start looking a bit more like the 2012-2013 Parramatta Eels side. This is the sort of game where they're at home. They're against a team who, although coming off a win, it was Monday night, and traditionally they've been, you know, they've been going pretty poorly the rest of the yeah. season. So, well, they huge injury toll. Losing streak on Monday. So. Yeah, yeah. So, look, it's all set up there for Parramatta to show that they're not the team of the past and that they have actually learned some lessons and turned a bit of a corner. But let's see if they can actually execute. I've got them to win, though. And finally, Monday night for bitch, St. George Illawarra Dragons take on the Melbourne Storm at Wynn Stadium. Melbourne Storm by 1,000. The end. Yeah, look, the Dragons got a close fought win last week in a fairly scrappy game, and the Storm looked like uh, they were starting to strike a little bit of form against Para. So um, I can't see too much different for the Storm I think they'll get over the top of the Dragons 
Um, even though they are away from home, Storm generally aren't that greatly adversely affected by uh, playing away from home. And I think they've, they've just got a little bit too much class in um, in Slater and, and Smith to um, for the Dragons to give them too much trouble. Jesse Bromwich going awesome as well. Ryan Hoffman, if he can replicate his origin form, sure. monstrous. And this, yeah, this is the thing. Benji Marshall is still a fucking liability to the Dragons. He had one solid game where he was selective with his passing, and guess what? That's why it was his best game when they won, because he was selective with his passing. That's right. Then, it was even a mixed bag last week. He had a good result, that, you know, that game. And although they won last week, Benji was the worst mixed bag you've ever seen. He still overplays his hand. He needs to... He needs to Forget for a minute that he's Benji Marshall. He's that fucking guy, the YouTube guy, because he's not that guy. It hasn't been that guy for several years. And so just those nice, soft, selective passes to guys running good lines. He does that. That's his future. You can't do, he, he can't overplay his hand and do that, you know, do the, the Benji Marshall fuck-up guy who throws a pass into the fourth row. He can't do that against the Storm because the Storm are a disciplined side. They'll just clamp the screws. Make them, they'll, the pressure will come and he'll be tempted to make those mistakes. But he needs to try and resist the temptation, underplay his hand a little bit, and keep it tight because if he doesn't, then the Storm's going to do what they did to Parramatta. And the tighter the game is, the more Benji's going to want to try that. Which exactly. In turn, you know, 70% blow the game open for Melbourne and 30% blow the game open for the Dragons. And I guess that's why people enjoy watching him. You're never quite fucking sure how it's going to end up. At 160, as always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League and on Facebook as well, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. Make sure you hit the like button, share our posts around as we put them up, help us spread the word, and uh, you guys did a fucking fantastic job through the week. Show love. Holy shit, there was some shares and, and some uh, some reach on some of that shit through the week. Amazing. Absolutely. Um, they got a review. Nice. From uh, Hayden Fatenny, who I do recognize the name from Twitter, he uh, said... The title of the review, Why Did the Mushroom Go to the Party? Five stars. So why did the mushroom go to the party? Um, because I was invited. Because he was a fun guy. Okay, that'll do. If you enjoyed this joke, then you'll love the podcast for its brilliant <laughs> jokes and witty comedy. If you wanted to find my Twitter handle and hurl abuse at me after hearing the terrible joke, then you'll also love this podcast as Glenn and Nate are always in touch with Tool Nation, up to date with the latest news and always tell it like it is. You, like many others, will soon be waiting for each week's episode like a crack addict waiting on the street for his dealer. You Jesus. may even start giving out $15 blowies to pay for your internet connection to download it every How week. How did that make it through? Fucking... I honestly don't know because they, they are notoriously strict. Obviously, there was no swearing in there and it is a blowjob. That's probably what got that through the senses. Uh, tipping. Shane Aaron Elvis has maintained his lead and I think he's actually extended it by uh, by another place. I think he would drop back to one last week, but now he's... Uh, now he's uh, two points ahead on 79, uh, two points ahead of Tigers 12.0, Blue underscore Beaver, and GT John. One point further back, we have Life of Ty and David Kingston, uh, Paramount 1973, and Whitey. And then one point further back from those guys, Desi's Ducks and Voodoo Rock. And uh, I'm charging. Literally, like a month ago, five weeks ago, I was third last. Jesus. And now I'm uh, mid-pack. Ready to make my... It's pretty congested uh, in the top 50. So I'm going to make my run and hopefully if I can get in the top 10, I'll be very happy. If I can get close, I'll be happy. But after the start, I had... Jesus Christ. Fantasy. The Wendells maintain their position at top. Uh, too much tuna. Dingbats. NZ underscore Magpie 54. Winter is crowding. Mighty Doggies. Sticky Fingers Virgo. <laughs> Sarcastic pricks. Oh, that is appalling. That's a Mitch. 
incidentally. Of course it <laughs> is. Mitch is, uh, is uh, and uh, CJs and Sea Eagle Assassins round out the top ten sides, and there's a starting to spread out a bit. There's 800 points from between first to tenth, and uh, in fact, first the Wendells on first first position. They are have what they have a good like you know 300 point lead, which is quite hefty over second place. Shop, still clearing out some old Revelation shirts. Uh, we've still got some Tigers in Decline shirts. Um, we probably should figure out how many of those we've got and what, you know, what sizes are and everything and, um, you know, figure out a way to get those out to people. Oh, you're uh, trying to get have a fire sale on the Tigers in Decline shirts, mate. And the Revelation shirts. Just like cycle out the old stock, let the new stock in. You know how it is. Got to keep it going, mate. Um, those Tigers Premier shirts in. Yeah, well, I mean, that would be the responsibility of the Tigers or the NRL to sell them outside the fucking stadium after they win the grand final in that imaginary dream that you're having where they actually get there in the first place. I'm also nude. Yeah, so no one, you know, no one wants to be named there for that. Stay home, people. <laughs> I could make you buy one of those shirts and fold it up like a nappy. Yeah, that's right, true. Um, classy, mate. Also, the one in a row shirts went off. Um, Respectthesshooter.co. You can go there. There's the... The quantities that are left now have been entered into the system. There, the pre-order, it, it, the the pre-order is finished, and the order is under under production in production at the moment. So um, there are sizes available from medium to four XL. So uh, extra small and small are gone, and uh, and five XL is gone. But uh, yeah, medium to four XL in varying quantities. The most available in any size, I think, is around about five left, and I think that might be in one of the the more obvious you know popular categories like l or xl it'd be medium l or xl they're the three most popular categories by far and um during production as of today so the people who purchase them they'll get updated as they progress through the system and uh, the way it's going i mean order's still trickling through so it was gangbusters on wednesday night and they've been going you know every day since but uh i wanted to get them out as quick as possible so basically uh just sort of drew a line in the sand made the order and if a second run has to happen then you know no bus will do it but at this stage get them while they're there second run's not guaranteed it may happen I mean it, it may but uh, yeah no guarantees get and, amongst it and get on respectthesshooter.co because there's a couple other shirts trying to get off the ground in particular I had someone um, who's involved in membership at the Panthers hit me up to make a Panthers shirt so I did and so that's up there for pre-order um I had some guys talking about a manly shirt uh, that I already had, but I just uh, altered it a little bit basically to remove one player and add another player who's going to be next year and uh, that's there as well. So if you're a Manly fan, go and check that one out. And uh, yeah, and there's some other bits and pieces as well. So you know, get up there, have a look at the Sack Cardi one, of course. And uh, use the code Twill Nation when you check out, and they'll give you five bucks off. That's it. We're done. For another we week. For? Done for another week. Um, go the Tigers. I look forward to their crushing win, crushing win over the Raiders. Given that I have some Tigers players, a large number of them, in my Supercoach side, I would like to think that uh, they'll do very well. Because I believe I have Tedesco, Brooks, and maybe Pat Richards. So if they could all score tries and uh, and Richards, you know, bangs over all the goals, that'd help out a lot. Could be done. And I only have one camera player, I think, who's Fenceman. I mean, that guy's going to tackle his ass off whether they fucking lose by 100 or 10. So... I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Go for it. That's it. See you next week. See ya.